we go. What is going on, mid-sized truck fans? Uh, this is David with All Terrain Nation, and uh, way up north somewhere. I don't know. Yukon is. Uh, well, who are you? What? Uh, Jose. No, Jose. it's Tim Pickup Truck Plus. That should be talk. Jose Estorado. Estorado. <laughs> Estorado. I like that, man. I like that. What is going on, everybody? Today we have a good show. Uh, we, well, I will say a good show. We, we hope it's a good show. Uh, the two brothers that we're about to bring in are characters unto un themselves. Like they, they are funny. If you watch our channel, which I'm sure you do, uh, Texas Truck Channel, we'll bring them in in just a second. But Tim, we just got back from Chicago. Uh, boy, my arms are tired. As that joke would go, uh, just blew back in. But it's been a week. We got to see all the mid-sized trucks, basically the whole segment now, I guess, besides what Jeep. Jeep wasn't in Chicago. and um, But we got to literally sit in everything and get a good feel for what's going on, man. And uh, how was your Chicago? Uh, it was good. I can't believe it was just a week ago. I know. It just this, Things t travel so fast. But, yeah, we did a lot of comparisons and things. There wasn't anything new at the show to really show off. But, um it's always a good time to like connect with colleagues and have conversations and get into vehicles mm -hmm. and check things out. And it's always a good perspective too. Like when you can look at a Ford Ranger and then like walk across the aisle and look at a Tacoma and like yeah. you go back and you're like, Oh yeah, that, okay. That, that looks different. And because a lot of times things blend together in your head over the period of time you're reporting on this stuff. Well, it was funny to see like Jill trying to get into the Ranger. I know. Cause y'all in your video, you were like, Hey, this is Jill's first time. And Jill was like looking around like, what do I, how do I grab to get in this thing? Cause mid-sized trucks are getting tall, man. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it's funny because uh, I took some grief in the Port Ranger video because I said there's no grab handle in the back. People said, no, that's the one above your head. And then I, did, I literally, Joe was trying to use that one. It's just always awkward. You're trying to, that I is. don't know. It's just a weird thing. And then somebody in the in the comments said, yeah, he goes, go ahead and use that for a while. Wait until it gets torn out and you can't put the bolts back in because you can't, it's in between yeah. body panels. And I'm like, yeah, I, I still would like to have some sort of grab handle back to Port Ranger. I don't want to I, I, I grab like the top of the seat like the mm -hmm. head and like mm -hmm. pull myself in. It's just, it's awkward. Well, of course we're doing a lot with the Ranger Raptor. I was surprised. I mean, I, cause it's been a while since me and you were at the launch of it. And that was way back in last April or something when they launched that vehicle. Uh, we were at that. So the trucks we saw may not have been completely to spec, but I was surprised. I went to get in the back of the Ranger Raptor and yeah, once again, there, you would have thought there would have been by the door, there'd been a grab handle there or something because it's an off-road vehicle. Your passengers are going to get sloshed around and do you expect them to fold that little thing down and hold on that way? Or do you do like the one in front? Like I've seen it in common in trucks where they put a little grab handle up, up by the door jam there and seems to work out, but, but we'll get into, we'll get into more of that. Uh, let's bring in Brian and Craig with the uh, Texas truck channel. Uh, there's Brian, there's Craig. And uh, if you're listening to this, cause I know Tim posts this on uh, his uh, podcast network, Craig looks like he's in a spacecraft right now. He's uh, <laughs> like the Tacoma. I, I assume that's the, the Tacoma. No, maybe, maybe it's not. It's a, it's a Mazda CX five and uh, Mazda doesn't make a truck. So this is the closest midsize truck they have. <laughs> well, explains why you look like you're in uh the dragon spacecraft right now right <laughs> uh guys welcome to the show uh we've been we've been watching you guys for quite a while and of course uh you guys seem to kill it you got your little off-road test that you like to do and and you put anything and everything through your little off-road test which i love uh, i want to see a nissan leaf i don't know if y'all have done a nissan leaf up the hill or not but uh we'll I mean, do it just... okay okay there we go but uh yeah, actually, I'm everybody, watching, everybody watching here has uh you the views you guys get on some of the stuff is ridiculous, man. So I'm sure everybody here knows you. But uh, what guy? What brought you guys to doing this, man? Uh, you're obviously you're in Texas, so trucks make sense. But uh, how do two brothers not kill each other trying to do a YouTube channel? 
How about I'll cover the intro and Craig can cover the not killing part. <laughs> I think that's more of a challenge for him. Um, kind of long story short, we we still joke that we have day careers because we do outside of this. Mm-hmm. This is a, a side hustle. Um, we've joked about wanting to be starting a YouTube channel for years, right? And um, we actually, going way back, we had a blog maybe a decade ago um, that really never got off the ground because we lived in different different states and we were traveling a bunch. We just couldn't get it done. Well, fast forward. Um, I travel a bunch for my job. Craig still travels a bunch for his job. Um, but COVID hit and I worked in the exhibit industry. And so all of a sudden your trade shows just stopped. So I looked around, I'm twiddling my thumbs. I'm not at the airport. And I went, you know what? Now's probably the time. And Craig actually it's Craig's fault. He jokingly said it at a family dinner. We should start a YouTube channel. And I took that to heart and started one. And basically a month later, he's like, wait, we're doing what? He's like, no, dude, you said we should start one. Started one. Here we are. And that's kind of the short version of how that went. But we're here now. And we've actually, uh, not everyone realizes, realizes this, but we were called Break Check Show initially because we thought it was an, an entertaining name. And actually, uh, it was Greg Tommy from Toyota said, hey, we love your stuff. But we can't find your channel because we type in Break Check and we see car crashes. We can't mm-hmm. find your channel. I was like, oh, man, that's a real SEO problem. We never even considered that. So that's where the simplest version of Trucks in Texas came together um, to the poetry that is Texas Truck Channel. That's where that came from. And it's been working out since. We had an overnight, uh, you know, basically acknowledgement through the algorithm that, oh, yeah, this filter is better. This makes sense. And it's easier easier to track. So uh, that's pretty much that. I'll leave the killing part to Craig. Yeah, uh, it's uh, very simple, boys. Uh, it takes a lot of uh, restraint on my part to survive, uh, or for Brian to survive us working together at times. Um, I don't know if y'all are older or younger siblings. Uh, if you're older, you understand having a younger sibling. Um, if you're a younger sibling, uh, you're on the list too, so uh, be careful. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun. We do... Uh, one of these days we'll do, we'll show some of the behind the scenes, uh, arguing at each other. Uh, Brian does all the edits. And so we'll, uh, he calls me, he goes, man, I was doing, look, I was editing this video. We got so mad at each other. I was like, yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> and, it's, all uh, the time. It's, it's quite entertaining. And, and you know, the other genesis of the show is, yeah, we kind of jokingly mentioned at a family dinner and like, okay, well let's do it. But the other thing is our wives were, they get sick and tired of hearing us talk about cars and trucks all the time. They're like, why don't y'all just do something with that? Because we're tired of hearing y'all talk. So, cause what happens is every time Brian and I get together or if we're, we call each other on the phone every day, we constantly get into an, we immediately get into an argument about whatever vehicle we're driving or going to drive or that just got released. And so it's, it's pretty natural on camera. It's just everything we're always arguing about. It's just on the camera in that particular moment. <laughs> so. Well, I, I understand the fighting part because I've tried to get Kelly in here to do some editing and it's like, <laughs> it, it takes four hours to do like 30 seconds. I'm like, no, I'll just, just, just go back. I'll, I'll handle it. So I, I understand it from a spouse perspective, but, uh, well, and that's why so, Craig doesn't edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you guys recently started buying vehicles, which you've seen. I know you've seen TFL do it. Tim does it. Mm-hmm. I do it. Like the best way to get experience with a vehicle is literally to go buy one because we all get press loans. And sometimes, you know, seven days is just not enough. Either, like you said, you may have day jobs. So you only get limited time during the week. And then maybe a weekend when I'd probably, I'm, I'm assuming you guys, that's when you go do your off-road tests and have all mm-hmm. your fun. Um, there's such limited times. So buying one makes sense, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And this, um, this is like you said, it's new to us. We've been leaning on the press fleet or local dealer partners we have pulling vehicles that way. But as you know, if it's a dealer car, we're apprehensive to do much with it because someone's going to buy this, right? Right. And a press loaner, we're a little more, we'll lean on it more because that's the point is to test things. But someone's going to have it next week. A different journalist is going to need it next week. So we don't want to totally damage something. If it's yeah. ours, we can just do what we need to do with it and deal with it. And that's on us. And there's no one waiting on us. So that's been a real freedom that we've just recently gotten to the point to be able to do that. And we've been looking at you guys for a while doing this and going, man, that'd be great to get to a point where we can make that happen. And it's it's worked out great. And we can also stagger out comparisons better because we have one of these in our control. We don't have to schedule something. It's just here. And so all you yeah. have to do is find the other one. So that makes it easier. The, the other thing is we... uh. Be careful saying this, but <laughs> we we really test these vehicles kind of hard. Um, and we because of our normal jobs, we it's perfect because it gives us real life situations to actually use these mm-hmm. vehicles, how people are going to use them, and so works out pretty good. I've I have the joy and privilege of having I have a fifty mile commute, um, and fortunately, about forty mile forty miles of those can be on dirt, and it's a lot of fun. So I can take some right. of these trucks at speed and really do some things on dirt. And, uh, it's a lot of fun and <laughs> we'll get the cars back. And at the end of the week, we're like, man, this, we maybe, hmm, <laughs> maybe that was a bit much. I don't know. Maybe we need to be careful, but, and so having our own, it was, uh, well, that Jeep, I think it ha- probably still has mud on it on the dealer lot. That's trying to sell yep. it. So yep, it does of, uh, dirt and mud on that sucker. So. That's awesome. So you're the reason the press fleets that me and Tim get afterwards are all beat the shit because uh, you guys, yeah. you guys that. we don't beat them up. We just make them no. filthy, yeah. absolutely filthy. By the time they go back, we've actually yeah. pressure washed vehicles in the driveway because we go, man, they're just going to think we went down a mountain or something. They're not going to understand that it was muddy the day we filmed and we'll, we'll knock it off here because it looks so bad. We just feel bad. Well, you know, Tim up there, he likes to get Bronco Sports stuck in mud. So uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Tim. Nothing wrong hey, with you that. Test them. Either get that or get gear blood. I get accused of both things. So yeah. uh, this 50-mile commute, though, 40 miles are on dirt? Uh, 40 miles can be on dirt. I have an option, and it's oh, okay. wonderful. Let me tell you the like, option. I know I live in the middle of nowhere, but when I, I can't drive 40 miles on dirt and the way to work or something. I don't think I oh. could. It's beautiful. So what's what's great about it is Google Maps does never suggest the dirt road. Um, and one of our maybe a fun games or irresponsible games is seeing if you can beat the estimated time on Google Maps. Yeah. The beauty of the dirt road is Google Maps never suggests it because it thinks it's only a 30 mile per hour road. Well, I'm just saying some of these roads, they technically don't have speed limits. So <laughs> not, not some, at least some vehicles like Raptors, um, ZR2s, uh, those sort of things. Can handle 80 miles per hour on those dirt roads, and then your ETA on the Google Maps game it works real well. So you know, that's a fun game to play for sure. Nice. Yeah. For I sure. like the, I like the Deuce of Hazard testing. I do it quite often. It's, it's just <laughs> fun things. I, it is impressive how much the how much the suspension on the Raptor and ZR2 smooths that out. Like you yeah. can do 80 in a Raptor on washboards and feel yeah. like you're doing 20. It's so yeah. It's, yeah. It, and it, like I tell people all the time, like you know, yes, uh, Raptors and stuff are made for off-road desert racing and all kind of stuff, but a lot of people would be beneficial to have them in the country just for the washboard aspect. Absolutely, uh, just, it, and it's it's one of that's where I think real world testing is. is it, I'm I'm not going to go rock crawl all the time. I'm not going to go. You know, right. and I can't I can't drive to Arizona every weekend and just go as fast as I can. It's like, no, this is real life stuff. Right. Yeah. 
So, so you guys buying vehicles now, um, when there's money on the line, are you as rough with the vehicles? Yes, uh, we are. Probably, probably rougher. Okay, okay, good, 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 yeah, good. absolutely. Um, in fact, we'll go if that breaks, we'll just modify it and we'll deal with it. And yeah. or, or it makes a good episode. Exactly. Look, when we bought the Tacoma, we left the dealer, got some barbecue because we've been there forever, went straight to the hill. I think we'd driven it nine miles or 11 miles, something like that at the time. And uh, we said, look, these side steps, if they drag and bend off, then the, then they're broken. We'll take them off. So be it. Uh, yeah. Now, they looked out. They didn't actually drag, but we're still kind of hoping to break them off at some point. Well, I so remember we early in your video, you were talking about that. You're like, oh, we might break these off. Those those steps are terrible. I just, oh, they're, awful. they're awful. I just yeah. had a predator step for my Tundra. And the same deal, like Craig says, that front step it, on the driver's side is just... It's so awkward. It's I don't know what it is. It's like a couple inches too far forward or something. Exactly. And like so, you, you have to step on the step and kind of lean back into the seat, and it's you play this weird dance. Like I have to have full running boards just because five foot seven and all uh, <laughs> on full size trucks, and that I'd rather have the full running board because at least you can step yeah, up in. But the Tacoma is the same deal like the uh, Canyon and the Colorado. It's a it's a little bit of awkward height. Like you right. know, some guys can get in easily, other guys can't quite get in. Um, the, the canyon is tough for me because I, it's just a touch too tall and the steps mm. are just, it's awkward. So then I get in the step and I'm looking above the roof and then I got to sink back down to get into the seat. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a right answer, but it, the midsize trucks have gotten bigger. And I think that's something yeah. I don't realize. Well, and these, well, these off-road flavors are getting taller too, right? So like a right, normal right. two-wheel drive, you probably don't need the step, but they're getting tall enough now where you, yeah, it's arguable to, to have it. Right. Well, and you guys noticed with the Raptor, I, I was watching y'all's video on that, where you, like you, I think somebody hit their shins into the into the sand rails that they put on that thing. Which yeah. I wish that was an option with Raptor, if, like if they had maybe an East Coast version and a West Coast version. <laughs> because those are sand rails; is all they are. They're they're yeah. steps, but they're made for sand. And uh, what, East Coast guys, we kind of off road and mud and rocks. Yeah, and I, I need more of a rock slider approach. But uh, I was really too. digging y'all's, y'all's coverage on that from. Um, from Chicago, which is, I'm assuming that was the first time for you guys seeing the Raptor. Good, Craig. Did we see it at the state fair? I'm, I'm yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. We oh, saw that's it right. State you fair. guys had a pretty yeah. big video at the state fair. That's right. Yeah. But it was, um, the state fair. It was real haphazard that video. I mean, we, we barely got to look at it. They had leaf blowers going on and <laughs> show music and Tim, you've been there, you know, how that goes. And it's just, we actually had to go ask for Hey, can you shut the music off for, oh, so you minutes? got them to do it. We did later on, but I think I think that video was compromised. But it was just a challenging. We didn't really get to get a feel of it. And then Chicago, we actually sat down in it for a minute and got our bearings straight, and it was more cohesive, I think, for, from our and side. And there's nothing like if if any of you watching think filming these videos is rough. There's nothing more rough than you get to a show and they have music playing, copyrighted music playing. Yep. I was at SEMA one year, and then suddenly it's LeBron James, and then there's Led Zeppelin in the background. And I understand it because they're trying to build excitement for their booth, but they want people to video content on this stuff and share yeah. it, especially journalists. And you're like, what do I do? Do a voiceover on this? This is awful for, for us. I've done PSAs on Facebook and that. I don't know what press group about it. Like, dear yeah. auto shows, like, if you have a media day, no music. Like, a save your like, We right. don't need it. for show day. Not yeah, media day. for show day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes it tough. It also makes truck, you know, throwing in an environment. It's, here it is. Do what you can. And it's like, if, you yeah. know, I don't memorize press releases personally. It's not a thing I aspire to do. And so you're always going to, the fear factor you have is you're going to miss something. And something going to be obvious, something big. And so you're like trying to go over detail, trying to explain what you, what you see and your first impressions, but then it's like, 
oh, I didn't talk about this thing or that unique thing. And somebody in the comments, well, you know, you missed that piece of it. You know, so you can oh, yeah, the keyboard. You for that. You yeah. can hear the keyboard clicking in the background already right. as you're saying it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's nothing like I have video up of, of Brian going through the Raptor and there's nothing like you're trying to, for one, you're trying to process it. A lot of times you get 10, 15 minutes with this vehicle before somebody's hounding you, wanting to get, you know, on top of you. They want their chance. And you've got all this pressure trying to memorize all the notes. And you guys do a really good job. Like the approach angle that y'all were talking about here in departures was great. And then there's nothing like in the back of your mind going, great. Now I've got, I've got Madonna playing in the background or something. You're like, they're <laughs> like, because at the end of the day, we go to these shows because we love vehicles, but we're, it's also a job. And, you know, we're here. We can't do it for free. So my right. favorite one is when somebody walks right in front of your camera. <laughs> That's the best. Walk right through your shot because they're kind of dicks. It seems to be. Right? My favorite one is that other media will do it. Not even at a public show. You're in a media day and there's no awareness of other cameras. And yeah. and the worst is when they like see you and do it anyways. Like an accident's an accident, but right. they like make eye contact and go. I'm going to keep walking this route. <laughs> Well, there's also the game we play where we're trying to punk your shot. So, like, we'll like walk in the background sure. because you know it's when every time you publish a video, people are like, "Oh, I spot this guy at six minute mark. I spot that guy." Yes, guess what? Yeah. We all are together. We all hang out with people together. It's funny. I get the, all the time about like TFL. Like, do you even hang out with those guys? I'm like, how wouldn't I, I go to the same events they go to? Yeah. I have the same restaurants they do. I'm at the same shows. Like, I've known those guys for years and years. It's like, yeah, I basically know. Every once in a while, there's something new on YouTube I haven't seen before, or something that different because things are changing. But I basically, have to, uh, you see each other all the time. Like you, you know, I've seen you guys yeah. for a couple of years now. It's like you just well, you and, see them all the time. And and when we even even when we try to avoid uh, Tim and Dave at shows, maybe we're getting a break, maybe we're trying to sit there and trying to unwind. No, someone yells over and says, "Hey, Texas." come over here and join us. And we're like, Oh, okay. So, you know, we have to sit down and join y'all. You know, we don't have a choice. We have to interact with y'all. Yeah, of course we know well, each other. Yeah. The, the after show shenanigans are always fun. Uh, sure. And that's when you learn your colleagues really well. You get a few drinks in them. You're like, Oh, these guys are all right. Or you're like, Oh, I don't want to be around these guys anymore. Uh, mostly, yeah, mostly it's Tim over there. <laughs> it's me. I, have to, I have to ask you a question though, Brian, because I was watching your video and Brian Craig, uh, the video in the Tacoma, you did the zero 60 test. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting because you had made the point where you liked the V6 engine mm-hmm. and you were, you worried about the, the gearing, like the gearing was the concern, you know, those are two gears. So the, the new turbos better with better gearing, but the look on your face, Brian, you're like, man, this should be faster. And then Craig's <laughs> like, uh, it was faster. And then you're like, oh yeah, by myself, I was a full second faster. I'm like, Brian, what the hell do you want? And you're like, I just want turbos to be really fast. What the hell, man? <laughs> oh, man. You want a rocket ship? Well, thank you, Chad. Like, this is great. Thank you. You know, I'm like, were you man. in mode doing the 060? I'm trying to figure this stuff out. First of all, I feel slightly attacked. Uh, second of all, <laughs> that's okay because I've thought back on this after we did this video the other day. And I've been driving this week and I've realized that it's not an inspiring powertrain. And that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But it is objectively better. It was just a better package. And not it's the eight speed gearing, but it's also the the mid range and down low is where the turbo shines, like all small displacement mm-hmm. turbos do. And when I do zero sixty, I want to hear that in a cams on profile banging gear sensation. You just don't get that, and this thing sounds kind of rackety. It's kind of like the GM four banger. It's not an inspiring sound. It almost um, sounds like a diesel. It sure does. <laughs> the direct cool injection is noisy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it's better. It's way faster in your normal driving. You're not, you know, I can pull out in front of that traffic and still get it because it is a second faster to 60. And I think it's more it's faster probably 15 to 60 
relative to the old V6, 15 to 60. I think once it's moving, it's it's notably faster. So do you I've, notice? Do you notice like the turbo? The turbo dies off at a certain RPM. Like you just like suddenly you're like, oh, oh, here's just the four cylinder. Yeah, we do, but not anywhere near as bad as the CX-5 Craig is sitting in. Um, that 2.5 <laughs> Mazda hits 4,500 and it is done. It is done with turbos. Um, it this reminds me the old, the old uh, tooth when Ford put the 2.3 in the uh, Mustang. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I would take I'd take one out, and yeah, it was quick off the line, and then suddenly about thirty five hundred RPMs, it just was like done. I'm I'm done. Yeah, it's not that bad. I think it, Craig, you tell me your feedback. I think it's around five k. You're like, oh, obviously the turbo is not optimized past this, and then it runs out to about fifty seven or something like that. But it's not like a brick wall. It's not that bad. Yeah, but nobody yeah, buys one. Go ahead, Craig. But basically, Brian, this is one of our arguments we do have on almost every video and every car is he gets in every car and he immediately goes to kill mode and thinks it should be a, a some sort of a track car, a rally car, or a drift car. And I'm like, Brian, it's a CX-5. It's a family SUV. It just doesn't matter. Oh, man. I don't even that owns it. That'll take it over 4,500 RPM. And so anytime he gets a vehicle that doesn't go full kill mode, he's like, this is a piece of crap. I'm like, <laughs> but I don't think anybody needs a Tacoma to go to zero to 60 in five seconds. It'd be great, but no one's buying it and cares if it does. Now, that said, I will say, I think we mentioned it on camera, maybe, I, I don't know, we have so many conversations, I can't remember when we film or not, but Toyota, I think, leans towards saving their vehicle a little bit, and to Brian's point, it could have a little more kill mode, but I think Toyota's, look, we have this reputation we have to maintain and reliability we have to maintain because that's what we're known for, so let's... I'm not, I don't want to call it detuned, but I think that's kind of what's going on a little bit. It's saving itself a little more than we would prefer because we'll drive other products from GM or Ford or someone else. And it seems like they're letting it go on boil a little longer. And that's what we're missing. I think that's I, what we're I was yeah. surprised at the low horsepower numbers when they launched this vehicle. Uh, the version y'all have, what is it? 270 somewhere in there? 278. Which is which is not even close to the standard of horsepower range anymore. And I know horsepower can be like a measuring contest, really. But, you know, Chevrolet's getting 310 horsepower out of their little turbo four. Nissan out of a natural aspirated V6, you know, is 310 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Ford, whether, you know, you use premium fuel or not with their offerings, depending on what you get there. But I was amazed that they did not come a little closer to that 300 mark. And obviously, when you get the hybrid, we know what that's 330 something there, uh, which is yeah. a drastic difference. But you would have thought maybe you're right. Maybe they are saving this for uh, just reliability. It it feels to me, and back to Tim's initial question, that was really what I was referring to. It did not feel optimized. You know, if you drive, um, I'm thinking of like the, well, Craig, the Velocitor we have, the Velocitor N, that thing is doing the best it can with that displacement and that that level of boost. The Toyota feels like it is capable of more and it's holding back the whole time. And that's probably because it is, and it will last forever. They do have that to handle and I'm not writing that off and it is a better truck tool. So my main comment is when we're ripping it, I feel like it's pulling timing instead of advancing timing and maximizing horsepower to redline. I would love to see a tune on this. It is begging for a tune and it'll probably be a ripper. Well, you know, that's Toyotas are one of those. I know Nissan uh, tuning is pretty available. Ford's pretty available. I've never hear much of Toyota. The yeah, I've that one either. Yeah, you don't well, really hear much about that. I've spoken to the, there's two tuners out there for Toyota, and they haven't even purchased their test mule yet. And they filed, told me December at the soonest for a tune. Yeah. 
Um, so that's where it's at. They do some NA tuning for the V6. Uh, you can only get so much out of an NA setup. We all know that. So I think this is going to have a lot on the table. I, I hope at least. You know, look at the Ford stuff. 400 wheel torque happens all the time out of a 2.3. You know, th- this should be pretty close to that with a good team. You know, the other thing that's really interesting, I think, with the brands is you, there's the owners have such a different expectation um, of what they want out of them. So a Ford or a GM owner, they're really more in a hot rod mindset. They they don't they're not thinking about long term reliability. They just want it to go, and they're not afraid to do things with the vehicle. Whereas a Toyota person is like, man, I want this thing. I want to pass this to my great great grandkid. Yeah, and right. so there's right. a little bit different mindset. I want to save this thing. A uh, perfect example of that is we posted this video in the forums in the the mud forums, and I hate mud. And oh, the God. first comment we get. <laughs> And y- y'all know comments. Comments are wonderful. The first comment we get is <laughs> ripping Brian for how dare you launch it in four mo in four wheel drive four high. What what are you doing? And uh, of course, you know we come back. Well, we're trying to reduce wheel slippage, and we tried in two wheel drive four four wheel drive high. We didn't turn. We didn't bind the system. But that just kind of goes to show the Toyota owner mindset of how dare you do something aggressive in that vehicle. It's pretty funny. Oh, I remember another channel doing that in a Nissan one time, and uh, they got ripped up pretty good for that for some reason. Um, <laughs> that was COVID times, though, when you you were trying to come up with any idea you could to uh, to do that. Um, yeah. Around the walking around this thing, so build quality. These things took forever to get out. I mean, I mean, I think I think for horsepower, that's always going to be with this truck. I, that was the number one thing I'd get comments about was, "Hey, you no know V6, I'm out." How has been the build quality in the exterior of this thing? Have you guys noticed anything, any issues? Since this is the first truck that that the uh, was it where's the it Mexico? Uh, mm-hmm. I forget where they're building these, but it's kind of the first new launch of that vehicle. Have y'all seen anything, any issues? So we've actually debated on this because usually when you buy a vehicle, it's always good to go over what's the product you're really getting, and mm-hmm. this is the first batch truck. So we're like, hey, if there's a problem, we're probably going to see it. And I can confirm we have one rattle in the tailgate, which is probably a 10 cent repair. And then the Bluetooth doesn't want to ever really work, uh, which is probably going to get an, an update. And that'll be the end of that. Uh, Craig, I don't know about you, but I found remote start on the app just flat out doesn't work half the time. And other than that, that's kind of it. It's like shockingly well put together. Uh, oh, no, actually, Craig, the rear bumper. We haven't talked about this yet. I watched the truck yesterday. The rear corners of the rear bumper are really flexible. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a, a notation. The gap is big, panel gap, and then it like moves a bunch. But I don't know that that's a problem. That's just probably how it was intended to be. So yeah, yeah. And, th- and that said, I mean, I, one of the things we always we're always a little leery of those first runs of any vehicle because, mm-hmm. especially, fortunately, this is a post COVID truck. Y'all know, gosh, the, anything made in the COVID world, COVID launches was. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful, but we will. I will say, going from the Jeep Gladiator to this, as much as we love the Jeep Gladiator, um, I think the pretty early on we called each other and we're like, man, um, Toyota's build quality is pretty good. I mean, it, yeah. and then even it's just from like the plastic finishes, they're just rounded off better. Um, the yes, there's panel gaps Brian's talking about, but they're even all the way across. They're consistent, the, yeah. they're consistent panel gaps. Um, so it's. I actually, I'll say it's a surprisingly well-built vehicle, especially for a first run. It's, uh, I think they've done a better job with this Tacoma launch than they did with the Tundra launch. Now, again, the Tundra was a little closer to the whole COVID thing, so I'm sure that was a little bit of an issue. But, no, this is I'm, – I'm, I'm impressed so far with that. Yeah, me too. Jump in, Tim. Sorry. 
looked like you were going to say. I just, I just, I just listen to what you're saying. I want to go back to uh, one other question I have for you. There's a, been a lot of comments about how underpowered the powertrain is. And Dave and I have argued about this a few times because, yeah, you look at the horsepower numbers, you're like, oh my gosh, horsepower is really low, whatever. But I feel like when you drive it, and, and I've said, and I've said this in, in some videos, that I don't know that the average buyer or owner um, out there would feel like the Colorado is more powerful than Tacoma is off the line. I feel like with the torque and the torque curve, they feel about the same to me for the not ripping it person, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I just, I'm just curious your thoughts on being underpowered because you're talking about tuning it because you want more, but it seems like that's more of a thing that you want out of it versus maybe what 95% towel, which is what Toyota builds to and everybody builds to 95% towel. Yeah. No, you're completely right, Tim. Like the average consumer, is, the, the sensation between the GM and the Toyota is very similar, right? They're the same category of motor, same number of gears. Um, the transmission is more refined in the Toyota. I think overall, the whole package is more refined. But again, it's that's what I was trying to say earlier. Is when I'm driving around town, it's totally potent. It's totally capable. And unless you're doing a 060 run like an idiot on YouTube, it's fine. There's nothing to complain about. And back to the power numbers, too. I know it's 278 sounds like a small number today, but the Ranger's 270, right, with about the same size motor. So it's not like it's completely off base. I mean, it's in the ballpark. Ranger is almost 300, the 2.3. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought, I thought it was 270 and the torque was more, but okay. It, but it, it, may, it may be that Ford always screws with their numbers depending on premium sure. fuel. Uh, so yeah, you put 93 in it. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, when you drive it and I compare it to a Ranger, in fact, the moment uh, the two three says 270 horsepower and 310 foot pounds per torque. Okay. okay. So they're, they're in the ballpark. Premium, I'm assuming. I think that's yeah. 87. Yeah. That's yeah. The two three is 87. Two sep, two seven's not been released yet. The three O is premium only. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, my sensation when we left the dealer, we like the moment we bought this truck, like, we didn't test drive when we bought it. We just said, no, we'll take it. Let's go. And I told Craig immediately, this feels a lot like a Ranger and it's the way that it acts and the way that it feels and the way that you just get on with it. And I mean that in the positive way, because we love the Ranger, not even the new Ranger, the current Ranger. Um, it just acts like it's been this way forever. I'm, I don't get a first run first year vibe out of this truck. And I think that's the biggest praise we can give it is that, if you told me this thing came out two years ago, I would completely believe you. Uh, there's no debate in my mind. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel too slow when you're just driving around town. It's actually totally fine once the turbo is pulled up. Yeah. Are you? I, I'll, are I'll, you oh, I'll say one, one thing real quick. Sorry. The One of the best things about this Tacoma, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this on video yet, but it doesn't pipe in any fake noise. <laughs> yes. And. It's, which is what's good about that is you do get to hear the turbo spool and and blow off and it's fun. I, I like it. Yeah, you also hear the diesel sounds a little bit, but it's not the diesel sounds not too bad inside the cab. It's outside because um, you just hear mostly turbo on the inside of the cab. And so, no, it, yeah, Brian's right. It's completely fine for every, the buyers that are going to buy that. They're not going to think it's underpowered at all. Right. The exhaust note's such an interesting thing you brought up um, as far as fake engine noise in the cabin. That is so controversial. Like I, I, I got my Tundra. I bought a Tundra. Was it two years ago? Whatever the deal was, and I had it in there, and I was like, "All right, cool. It, it sounds fine." You know, I didn't think of much of it, but God, Lee, people were just losing their minds about it, and they're like, "Oh, I have my friend inside the cabin. I filmed outside, and you can't hear anything. This is so fake. It's so stupid. I want to be able to press turn it off." And they were like, they were going into dealerships and going in the back software and trying to figure out ways to, to turn it off and all kinds. And I'm like, 
just turn up your radio. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, what is, why are we losing our minds about the this fake exhaust note? I mean, you know, people complained about the the Ford EcoBoost in the the uh, uh, F150 as mm-hmm. being, you know, you can't hear anything. It's just it sounds terrible. I'm like, well, I want this truck to sound better. Okay, then you pipe an exhaust note and like, oh no, I can't have the fake stuff. Well, yeah. hold on a minute. Well, we got a small engine, only puts out so much noise. What right. do you guys want here out of this? Well, I think the biggest part with that was when Ford started doing that early on. Some of these companies, they went from a V8, they they right. kept a V8 sound in the cabin, which you just you know you're not you're mentally you're not processing. This is not what it sounds like. Had they just early on just kind of kept it more of a V6 sound or whatever, I think people would have been never noticed honestly. But I just feel like. Some of the, I think it was the Mustang, the uh, the two three again. Like mm-hmm. you would get in that and rev it inside. You're like, man, this thing sounds like like a monster. And then you realize it's not a monster. So, may maybe that's you know, know they started I, this process better. Yeah, it's the whole lipstick on a pig scenario. I think people are just like, but why does it need to sound like a V8 when it is a V6? There's that crowd too. Yeah. At the end of the day, I feel so bad for the for Toyota and, and Ford and everyone else. They just can't win, right? Because yeah. they've They've gone to what is, at least on paper and functionally, more capable platforms, more flexible platforms uh, with twin turbo V6s and things like that. And the V8 crowd will just never be okay with that. It'll never be enough, no matter what, even though it gets better mileage and it probably tows more and all that different stuff. Um, you know, I get it. I would love to have a volume button on it. Like, if we're going to do fake noise, like, can it sound like a panda? Can it sound like, you know, a horse galloping? Can it be quiet? Can you just turn it off? You know, like, you know, use the Canva system and give you options if you're going to do that. I think. Yeah. Um, what What has been the one thing about this truck that uh, might sway you from buying it again? Ooh. Oh, I know. Uh, I'll jump Craig on knows this one. There's one uh, thing. It's 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 my biggest uh, hang up with it. Um, I'm not saying it would prevent me from buying it, but the biggest problem and most disappointing thing is the rear seat legroom. Uh, I would just be honest. It's a, it's a shame that it's that tight. It, it should be more, not that it was really great in the previous model. Yes, they fixed the front row, but the back row is still terrible. Um, and, and I say that because we've been in the Colorado and the Ranger and the Gladiator. They all have more room that you can actually put an adult in and go to lunch. I would not want to take an adult to lunch in the Tacoma because I know it would be way too tight for them. And it's and it's a little bit of a penalty box back there y'all versus so? a ranger or gladiator. I would have no problem putting an adult yeah. back there going to lunch. So. Do y'all think that some of that is Toyota trying to keep the, uh, the overall measurements similar to the previous version? Cause each one of these midsize trucks just keep getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, we look at the ranger or the, we were all in Chicago, see the new ZR2. Those are almost full size trucks from when I was a kid in the seventies. Like those <laughs> yeah. are big trucks. Now, do you think Toyota's really fighting this? Hey, we want to keep this segment is it's a small truck if people want the big truck buy the tundra it's 210 inches yeah it's yeah. a little over 17 foot long that's the measurement that chevy uses that ford uses that toyota uses that nissan uses that honda uses that's it, the all those size right well it fits in the garage that's 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 the the compromise so the gladiator is the only truck that actually doesn't fit in the garage it's actually longer than 18 foot and mm-hmm. gladiator has the most legroom i have a whole chart on the website about it um, and what's interesting is you'll get the comments where I want another inch in the rear seats, you know, look at one the inch. And then the guy, next guy goes, I'm another foot in the bed. I want more. And it's like, right. well, look, you have 210 right. inches, right. right? So either you get another inch here and another in the back. Right. What I found interesting about the conversation about the rear seats was twofold. First of all, 
the TRD Pro is useless with the the, the seat in there. Yeah, you can't, there is no second row, um, no crew cab, and also the Tundra extended cab is awful, like absolutely mm. awful rear seat leg room. You can't, I can't even sit behind myself in the extended cab Tundra. It's that bad. Oh, and so I'm, I think Toyota is making the front seats deeper, um, mm. which is causing some issues. They're not, they're not slim. They're, they're thicker seats for whatever reason. It okay. seems like that way on the Tundra and Tacoma, but it's definitely for both trucks. The, the rear leg room is not a priority for them. I almost well, feel like with those, like I've seen people do it in Colorado, they just do a rear seat delete. They just take the seats out and, you know, do storage. Yeah. And I think that that's probably because Craig brings this up every week. I wish that seat had more room. Um, I think that the reason why I buy the, the four door Tacoma is probably just for storage. Uh, you take that seat out and you just deal with the space yeah. that you have there. The, to your point, Tim, the current generation Tundra and Tacoma, the front row ergonomics are wildly better for someone of my build than the previous versions of both. So the front row is like a zero complaint zone for me. The back is. To Craig's point, though, I wish someone from Honda would have been pulled in to do the packaging on the rear seat because Ranger is using the same footprint and they have room. Colorado is using the same footprint and they have room and they're all comfortable up front as well. The compromise could be a little better on packaging to make the rear seat just more functional. That's all. Now, from the front seat and having little kids, I don't complain about it. They just kick me in the seat and I deal with it. Um, it's not a problem for me, but you can, like Craig said, you're not going to put four adults in there and go to lunch. It's just, it's too much of it. If you don't have to, that's all. Yeah. I, um, do, do you think that's why maybe Toyota brought their extra cab out was like, well, we know, you know, we want to give everybody bed options anyways, which I, I can, right. you know, Toyota out of all of them, it's giving us options. Now, the only thing they're not giving options on is motor wise, you know, where Ford's giving you two options. Mm. I wish Chevrolet would, that's a whole nother story, but at least they're giving you some options where the other brands doesn't, you know, you can get the manual transmission, you can get the, the long bed. And I think, I think manual transmission and long bed were the one things that I heard from before this truck launched that it better have, or mm-hmm. really people were going to be throw their hands up in arms and Toyota, they did it. They, they kept some things in there and they're able, seems like they're able to do some stuff because when you sell over 200,000 trucks a year and your, your next competitor doesn't reach a hundred thousand, yeah. you can try yeah. things and maybe the, ex, the extra cab as they call it, or for those people that go, I'm never going to, I don't have kids. So screw it. Give me just a little more room or seat room. And uh, I can throw something back there. It's really interesting too, because Toyota is known as a company that doesn't get a lot of options. Right, yeah. you know, it's, and yeah, so we're right. like, here's some choices. We're like, wait, what? Who are you again? Like, we, we get choices now. You <laughs> can't order that truck with the choices you want. You have to. There's no ordering process with Toyotas. You have to find them deal right. a lot. You have to go for that. So, I, I want to go back to when you got this truck. Did you um, reach out to local dealer to get it? Did you have it spec'd out? Did it show up? I mean, how were, how were you trying to shop for it? So we were working with Toyota to try and source a manual TRD off road, um, and. Basically, that's going to be another month or two until those are actually coming out. And, and like you just mentioned, you can't spec a Toyota. Just it's allocated and it's kind of there. You can try and get your name on a list of the dealer. This is a hate to pains to say this, but I got to give all this credit to Craig. He reached out to every dealer within 100 miles and said, "Hey, if something comes up, call us." And this was what was this three weeks ago? We were doing a car swap in the middle of the week, and Craig says, "Hey, by the way, this dealer down the road has one." And we just made it happen the next day. Uh, went in there and uh, haggled it out. Of course, you know, because we're going in just off the street, the first thing they say is it's 5000 over. 
<laughs> even though we called them and they said, no, 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 it's MSRP. Of course, it's the whole the game that happens with cars. It's the worst part for consumers, I think, um, which is really unfortunate for brands because they're not trying to do that. But it happens. Of course, we walked out with a very good trade on the, the Gladiator and then also an MSRP on the truck. So, no, we didn't spec it, Tim. We ended up with these Predator steps and all that stuff that we didn't want because uh, it was just what was on the truck and was there. So, But we looked out to get it, and, and credit to this dealer, they did work to get a sale that day and or the day after. And, you know, we played the game, and it worked out. That's really what happened there, and a lot of luck. Mm. What do you think about the pricing of this truck? Um, off-road, you know, that was the next big speculation of where are they going to be, you know, and then people flip out. <clears throat> that, mm-hmm. I've seen on the forums, people flipping out about the prices of trucks. You're like, well, if... Chevrolet gets this price. Do you think Toyota's going to be like, nah, let's just stay, let's stay $10,000 cheaper just because we, we like mm-hmm. our customers. They follow the industry path. And unfortunately, what was this like 48,000, I think for the retail of this truck? It was 47, but that was with two grand worth of accessories that we wouldn't have gotten. And I think most yeah. people probably wouldn't get it either. So I'm going to call it, it can be had for 45, I think, um, you know, if you take your time and a manual would be less than that. It would have been 42 ish. Um, Look, here's my logic on this. And Craig, chime in, please, on this. The next closest, I'm going to just go to Colorado. Let's pick Colorado as an example, because that's another new platform. It's not an old architecture. It's not a legacy platform. It's a new one. $40,000 gets you a trail boss, which I think is the most comparable thing to this tier of off-road that we have. Has a locker of some sort, has ground clearance, wider track width, a decently tall tire. Um, but it feels about $7,000 less nice when you get to the interior. And I feel like for me, if I was actually buying this for me, not for the show, I'd probably go find a 45K Tacoma or 42K Tacoma and, and wait for it. So I don't think the price is off base. Because um, we all know if you option up a, a trail boss, it's going to get up there too. They're all in the same area. But the reality is the whole market is shifted up. And now the car market's correcting a little bit and you're starting to see a little give and take on some stuff. And it's just inflation, man. I, it's hard to blame a brand for that. So the, the next obvious question for you guys is you guys are seeing a variety of Tacomas on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody's got the same trim you have and the same same batch. Yeah. So, I mean, how <laughs> much, can, uh, you know, it, that's, that's always the issue people understand is there's a lot of competition when you buy these trucks. Right. Then mm-hmm. I've been in competition to people. And I, I don't know, I, I feel like I do pretty well with what I do with my channel and my, my viewpoint, but I, I mean, does it cause stress thinking about, Hey, we have these videos out because we also doing the same videos or, that we're trying to find a unique way to do something that we else has done. I mean, there's a lot of stress involved in that. And car payments are coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did the math yesterday. We've made the first payment. That's the good news off of its videos. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So the month one is covered. Um, you know, I, I'll kind of lean to Craig on this, but the Jeep we had no stress on because we bought it 10 K under MSRP. We just right. had such a deal. We traded it in and made a couple grand. It was just cool. Zero stress. We threw miles in that thing. We drove that thing everywhere. Um, this I feel a little different about because it's not really being sold over MSRP in volume. And it's by the time we're done with it, it's going to be the first batch that needs to get traded in. You know, so it's a it's a reality. We, we may lose on this, and I think that's part of it. But what do you think, Craig? I'm not too concerned because it is a Toyota, and because of the resale and the new vehicle and the specs we got, I think we're going to be okay. Um, but as far as stress-wise goes and doing things and getting content out, yeah, that's there. But Brian's done a really good job. I don't know if he wants to share it yet, but we've, we've got some upcoming stuff we're going to do. Actually, right after this, we're mm-hmm. going to start our first uh, kind of video on some of the stuff we're doing to the vehicle. But um, I, I I find it fun. I find it fun to 
uh, do new things with these platforms and see what we can do and uh, get the feedback from the viewers because well, actually, that's always the best. That's a whole other sidebar conversation. I love comments; <laughs> they're the, the best. favorite. Um, but no, it's 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 fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to the things we we have planned for it. Do y'all plan on accessorizing this thing at all? Yeah, so that's what Craig's on about. So oh. we we actually struck a deal yesterday or the day before. Uh, there's actually a, a Toyota parts manufacturer that is in Fort Worth, um, and they have a test mule as well. And I went and saw the facility, and we talked about it, and we were throwing their entire catalog in this truck. So that's a dimension we weren't planning on doing that kind of just worked. Um, Mm -hmm. So back to Tim's point, I think it is hard to to not make the same exact video that TFL is making or someone else is making or or a vlogger is making, you know, we're on the journalism side of it, of YouTube, but there's the influencer side as well. That's just doing like overland stuff. And, you know, we're a little bit dipping our toe into the accessorizing part of it. So looking forward to that, that'll have some first look stuff on that. Um, but there's already, like you said, there's already some out there that have a lift and tires out there. We, we didn't get to that in time and we may, we may not do that anyways. Um, but we've got some other stuff too. We're going to throw it on the dyno here, uh, next week and get some, you know, 87 versus 93 octane at the tire kind of stuff. So we're, we're just, I love when you guys hit the dyno cause y'all took the lightning on the dyno. I think y'all mm-hmm. were probably the first to actually put a lightning on the dyno, which was nuts, man. That was, that was pulling teeth because that thing's all wheel drive all the time. You can't, put it into a drive and no one makes a rolling dyno at 145 inch wheelbase. So luckily this dyno manufacturer, Dynocom here in Fort Worth, they built an extension for a rolling road, basically a a dual roller, dual barrel setup. And uh, it's never made it on camera, but that drive shaft they built between exploded on the last run and um, blew through the blast shield and, very well could have put a hole in that truck or someone standing by it or me in the cab. It was, it was yeah. kind of scary, um, but it was really cool to get that out. That was awesome. So we're hoping to, to get a, a first cut with that because they're a great partner as well. To work oh, yeah. with. But, right. Well, I know you guys are going to go in a minute, but I want to end up on Chicago Auto Show. You guys, basically, I was telling Tim before the show, we all have now sat in every midsize truck. It's all mm-hmm. out there. Other than the Jeep, obviously Jeep, that's the whole thing. It wasn't there, but you guys just owned a Jeep. I owned a Jeep. Tim's not a fan of the Gladiator, I don't think, so he he doesn't care about <laughs> he knows it. But but what has been your experience? If you were to not buy the Toyota today, where would you go next? Especially since you've said in all these now. I'll let Craig go. Uh, okay, well, um, this is tricky, and it's kind of – maybe this answer is – I don't know if this answer is allowed, but the current Ranger, which is actually out right now, the 23 and older – um, the Ford Ranger trimmer is my jam. Um, and I think it's just that whole package and setup with those particular shocks and suspension. It's funny, all the vehicles we've driven from Raptors to ZR2s to the TRD that, you know, Tacoma now, its ride is incredible and it handles all the surfaces well. Those dirt roads that keep going back to, I probably had the most fun with that vehicle out of all the others because it, the Raptors get really wide and it's hard to have fun on those tight roads. Whereas the Ranger trimmer is a little narrower and I could still have fun and have some room to wiggle. And, uh, that's probably where I would end up myself personally. Brian, what would you end up with right now? If you didn't pick this one, um, assuming that the new Ranger is not available. So we're talking Colorado Canyon, Tacoma. I mean, basically what we what you said in Chicago, at Chicago, <laughs> man, um, this sounds probably the dweebiest of answers 
because I really can't afford Ranger Raptor. I'm going to leave that off. Uh, that's not a feasible thing for my my budget. I would look probably at a manual Tacoma uh, TRD off-road because the manual transmission part is just so much more fun. I haven't even driven that yet. Tim, I actually was going to ask you, did you drive that at the Tacoma launch, the manual trans? Uh, let me. Yeah, we did, actually. We did, okay. Uh, Jill and I, uh, we had an automatic. We had a manual. We drove a manual pop minute. It, it, um, I thought it was... It was pretty good. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember any details. There was uh Jill's lead footed, so she has um she has details. <laughs> Actually, Jill's problem with the Tacoma, which is an interesting problem, was that the lower trims don't have a powered seat. Mm. And she couldn't get the pump up seat tall enough to be able to reach the clutch pedal just right. And as we were mm. driving back, and plus we were driving back with the cl- with the managed Tacoma, it was funny. Um she's we had walked around and it started raining, so her shoes were wet. And the seat wasn't quite high enough. So she kept slipping off the clutch pedal. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, you know, and it is funny. I've had some discussions or arguments more likely about this stuff. I don't love a manual off-road. And and the reason why is the trails I've done are really tight and narrow and there's rocks and things and things like that. And other people love the manual because they want to control the, the torque and the gears and keep things higher revved up. I, I get that. I'm trying to focus on not hitting stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, trying to trying to it's shift real. and not hit. And I, I drove at Tacoma a couple of years ago in Pennsylvania and we had those predator steps and we ripped off those predator steps because <laughs> I was so busy focusing on the shifting and mm-hmm. staying on the trail and, and, and avoiding the rocks. Then I, I wasn't worried about the steps. So we actually tore the steps off, which is funny because the Toyota rep at the time was like, I told him to take it off before you guys started. You guys ripped him <laughs> off. But, <time> <laughs> me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I came back from the event. I had people pissed at me. There was like a this 50-50 online, big arguments. And I and I said, I don't like it off-road, but holy cow, that was uh, throwing, you know, fire on, on uh, fuel in the fire because people mm-hmm. uh, people were after me about it or they're like, yeah, I agree. It's just, it was, it's, it's like hard, and, hard line then in the same. I way. always say the older I get, the less I want to shift. Like I love shifting in a sports car. I had my Mustang. I would have loved it if my wife wouldn't have ripped the transmission out of it. I would have bought a manual transmission in my Mustang. But the I just I get it lazier. The last I had a Jeep, I had a uh, YJ with uh, manual transmissions, and I went off roading, and it was just I was beat by the time I was over that day, and I was like, this is it, because I came from a a more uh, independent front suspension vehicle, automatic transmission, doing a lot of hard trails, like comfort comfortable. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're shifting, you're fo- like Tim said, you got to focus on 16 different things. I was like, you know what? I just want to come out here and chill. I don't want to. I don't want to have to shift all that. But I know there's people that love that. That's a fair argument. I mean, to me, the the, the manual transmission thing isn't just about off road because you're right. That is a lot more complicated. It's like you know working at a semi high low transmission where you're just going down off a trail. I get that. But the I'm going to daily this thing 95 percent of the time. And I'm a complete idiot and I want to, I want to roll my own gears and that's pretty much what it is. And, and I want to drift it as much as I can and, and keep the turbo on, on spool and not let the, that's the problem with the auto and the Toyota, your control over gearing is highly limited. Um, and that's my kind of my only complaint with the powertrain is you can't go, I'm going to hold the gear and stay on that number. It just kind of does what it wants no matter what. Um, so that's kind of what it is, but I hear you the, for most people, the auto and honestly, my wife doesn't want to drive them. So realistically the auto is a good thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. just if I have the option, I'm going to go for that. Well, people so, want to feel connected when they so, try. Sure, Dave, Tim, what are what are y'all's choices? Yeah, uh, for, uh, you know, it's funny for me. I, I guess I'll start this. Um, is that <laughs> the more time I spend, 
when I GM trucks, the more time I spend the GM trucks, the less impressed I am, which is, it's one of those things. It's like when I went to the press launch and I drove it, I was like, I really liked a lot of stuff they'd done. I really, a lot mm-hmm. of things made sense to me. Um, and then I, I took a trail boss hunting and I was like, no lights. And it was just, I couldn't turn lights. The headlight switch. It's funny. People make a lot of comments. <laughs> That wasn't my my complaint. My complaint was the lights kept turning on automatically, and I'd even mm, do them off mm. and they'd pop on. And I was like, I was like, just stop. And so even if I sat there, it seemed like they would they would reset itself, and that was really annoying. And then no, the thing that surprised me was there's no LED lights in the bed, which is something mm. you guys pointed yeah. out. The, Coma, the the Colorado has no LED lights; they just have that one chisel lamp. Well, when you're getting dressed in the dark, like I don't, <laughs> right. and I don't want the chisel lamp lighting up the entire bed. I just want the lights in the bed kind of light up. So I had like a lantern with me when I was hunting. Um, but it's funny because like I said, the more I drove it, the more I've been around the GM, I just, I don't love it as much as I thought I would. Um, I like the, I like the Tacoma, but I, I don't know that I, I'd probably go with the, with Craig here and with the Ford Ranger, but I, I would disagree. I think the new Ford Ranger for me, not the prior gen. Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to, the more time I spend that damn Ford Ranger Lariat, the, <laughs> the more it's like, <laughs> man, this thing is just, it's just got the features I want, yeah. the comfort I want. I like the bigger screen. I know people have bitched about the big tablet screen it's like some guys said take up space whatever i'm like you guys are nuts i mean the big tablet screen you have the bigger camera you can have the dual screen camera plus the radio you can have, you just it's it just better connected with that um and i and i can't wait to drive them we're driving the ford rangers next month i think it is i can't wait to spend more time in that and, and yeah 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 it's like ranger okay. you can all right the thing the thing that i go with anymore is like i understand trucks are getting taller i understand they're getting wider and taller not longer they're usually getting a little wider track, a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. I want to just be able to get in a mid-sized truck without using the step rail. And I feel like the Ranger, I can. I feel like the Colorado, I can say all come with lifts. It's like, yeah. I'm like, come on. You know, it's like, come on. You know, even the Z71, the Z71 is better for me from an overall height standpoint. Trail Boss, I just, I get tired of it. And like Z71. right now, it's the Colorado ZR2 without uh, step bars. Man, I just turn. Z71, though, Tim, it feels cheap, though. Like if you put yeah. a Z71, which next to the Lariat Ranger Lariat, they should be kind of side by sides, and it's night and day difference. Like, yeah, yeah it's no. it's really surprising. I mean, I was I was surprised, and the more I drove the Colorado, the the more that thing I realized that I didn't experience before was it is that direct injection that pinging. Oh and sure. Yeah. I was sitting there idling, you know, waiting for the sun to come up a little bit. And my God, that drive me nuts. It just, it's like, it's like, I just wanted to take a big piece of foam and just throw it right on top of the engine and close the hood. Like, no and I didn't have any hood insulation in the one I had. And I'm like, that's a big miss. Like you guys talk about hearing, hearing the engines. And I tell you what, that pinging, oh, nails the on the tri- chalkboard after a while. It's the not a good sound. No, it's not. It's noisy. And then the, we had the GMC version Denali and it was silent because it had an engine cover. I'm like, so yeah. my take on the GM twins, especially the, the, the lower end Chevy version, the accountants won. They didn't do engine covers. They didn't do light switches. No. They didn't do, they, it's like they fought to see how cheaply they could produce something rather Ford than the objective. Well. You what? Ford does that as well. If you look under sure, the, the, sure. the XL and XLT, there's no, there's no sound deadening. Nope. But the you, engine but, covers, which Bronco guys bitch took like crazy about like, where's well, my cover? I'm like, I don't get under this hood all the time looking for covers, but it may, may reduce sound, I guess. It's a sound thing. And I'm bitching about Bronco not making a, a roof that's quiet still. So Ford has their own stuff, but you do get light switches and simple stuff like that. Like when designers and accountants get cute, the end user loses. And that's what happened with the, the Chevy stuff in some ways. They're still great GM, trucks. Just and GM's in- notorious for accountants ruling production of a vehicle. Sure. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. No, I think the Ford, I think the Ford Rangers done really well. I think it's, 
it's it's much better than I anticipate. The more time I spend with it, like I said, I want to spend even more time with it. What yeah. I think is interesting is somebody brought up Nissan Frontier in the comments because it's naturally aspirated. Mm-hmm. The Frontier does all right with the engine. It, it's kind of surprising yeah, it that the V8 that does as well as some of the turbos do. But you talk about cheap. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. It's like, it's like what, uh, I think Craig said this in the video where he's like, oh, this uh, volume button is the same as been like 1998 Toyota. It's like the same deal. Yeah. You can't get a tuner button. You can get a volume nut. And I'm well, like, I, have you been in I, Nissan? I, I, Nissan's got the same damn buttons for things in the full-size trucks, mid-size trucks, all the way down to like the, the Leaf and stuff. No, it's the same sound system in every vehicle they do. It's the same. Yeah. Everything's the same. Yeah. At least Ford like gives you some options. Every car is slightly different. A little personality. No Nissan is the uh, king of. We get one, and that's it. You get a truck form, <laughs> you get a car form. And I love the Frontier. I've done a lot of time in Frontiers. Yeah. you're right. I'm like it's, it's like well, we got these leftover Titan parts. Let's just cram it down into this little truck and uh, be done with yeah. it. Okay. Before we exit, I've changed my plan, my answer. Uh-oh. It's it's Frontier hard body, just because the wheels. Let's oh, get it out of the way. Yeah. Let's get the wheels, and that'll be the win, the winning vehicle of the segment. There you go. Right. I didn't like those wheels when they debuted, and I remember that truck very, <laughs> very fondly. Um, I want to awesome. answer that. I think GMC, for me, the AT4X is probably my favorite truck out of all of it. I love the design of that truck. Uh, mm-hmm. The one they had in Chicago was a real pretty red. Like Tim said, there's a couple things, like the the light switch. That's just dumb. Well, just, just put a light switch back in it. But the lack for me, GMs, the four cylinder only option that kills it for me. I want, I always want the most horsepower and that's why Ranger Raptor is appealing to me. Sure. I'm never, I don't need to tow 16,000 pounds in a little truck. So that 5,000 pound range doesn't bother me. Uh, but it's the horsepower and in 400 horsepower in a midsize truck. I I'm going to be jealous of Tim next, next couple weeks when he gets to uh, no joke. Around the truck and I don't, but uh, mine, mine's, mine's uh weeks away. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting, you know. To me, I and I've said this with the Ford transmission. So the Ford 10-speed transmission is just a mess. It's a learning transmission, and yeah. people just they they just mess it up. And 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 I've always said the biggest problem with that is because when you buy a new truck, you hot dog it for the first couple of weeks. Hey, buddies, come over. Check, you know, check this out. You hot dog, yeah. hot dog. And then all of a sudden, you start driving normally. Transmission is like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, we need to go fast. I'm gonna go fast, and then it's like, yeah. and they have to go in and have it reflash because the software is all messed up. And I, I don't know, I, I, I don't get, I, I get driving cars fast, but you know, it's, it's argument I've had with people about EVs and how fast they are. Well, all I always have stuff in the bed of my truck. What happens? You go fast. It goes against the tailgate. Like wham, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that was back there, right? I mean, that's always what happens. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't need the horsepower. Are you so, saying aluminum tailgates can't handle a big chain sitting in the back of the vehicle when you take off? Sounds like a Chevy commercial. Apparently, <laughs> that red toolbox needs to come back out. Right. Well, guys, if you haven't yet, here's a Texas Truck Channel. I appreciate Brian and Craig being on here. It's great to see you guys in Chicago as well. And I would definitely be watching for your updates because as someone, I wanted to buy the, the new Taco, but it was just like so many trucks, so many cars debuting mm-hmm. at this time. I was like, I'm going to choose the Raptor. And um, but I'm I'm happy that you guys are doing well with that vehicle. Uh, any anything coming up that you uh, want to kind of pump out there and tell people to come watch? I think mostly the the updates for the truck and the the full catalog from the company we're working with is Cali Raised um, Off Road and LED. They do Tacoma parts. That's going to be awesome. That's something new for us, and we're going to put literally everything on it. So we're looking forward to that. Um, I also want to congratulate you on your Ranger Raptor. That's freaking cool. exciting. Good choice. Maybe I'll maybe I'll drive it down for uh, Tawa. 
do that, please. We'll do some head to head with that. We'll get him. We'll get him on the in the air for sure. We'll have that same track. So, <laughs> um, nice. But yeah, thanks for having us. That's what I want to say. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Yeah, definitely want to bring you guys back. Uh, once again, go over to if you haven't yet Texas uh, Texas Truck Channel. Don't not break check. Don't break check them. Nope, nope, so, nope. And uh, keep an eye on what they're doing because you guys do a little bit of everything. Uh, clearly, your Craig's in a you know Mazda, which is odd, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would say the uh, the pink cord he has is more odd than the Mazda. <laughs> it's on brand. It's on brand. It, it is kind of unique. I, I appreciate it. He's manly enough to put pull it off. That's right. Uh, well, guys, there's no easy way to do this. So I'll just pull you out. Uh, I'm going to finish up with Tim. But thanks once again for coming on. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Appreciate it. Later, guys. Later. There we go, Tim. Uh, interesting to hear some of their owners take. You know, I, it's weird to say owners because usually journalists don't buy the vehicles. But uh, I really think that's the way if you really want to give your audience the best overall experience of here's what it's like. You know, anybody can go do zero sixties. Well, you know, they were talking about that. But in two months, do they have this vehicle and like, damn it, this fender fell off or, you know, real world, you know, real world perspective on that. Uh, yeah. And, and I know from my personal experience, I learn a lot more about the vehicle living in it every day. I mean, you just, you just do You just, especially driving at night, driving in the rain, driving in the snow, driving different conditions. You just, you spend more time and eventually you just learn a lot more about it. And it's actually really useful when you go to do uh, comparisons because you've owned those vehicles, you've driven different trims of it. Like this, the Silverado Zero Two have outside same Duramax diesel engine I had last year for a year, right? Mm-hmm. So I can speak to the engine at a higher level than I could a year ago because I've lived with it. Um, oh, yeah. So you do learn that, that stuff. I, I want to give a, a quick. I'm going to see what I do it. Uh, let's see. Can you put Kevin Nick's comment up on the screen? Uh... Any any of his comments or Ken Nix, excuse me. Uh, so I just want to give a shout out to Ken Nix. He is. A member of the channel, but he chose the highest trim of the channel, like the platinum membership. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if that was—I don't know if you hit the wrong button. If not, I yeah, I really appreciate it, and I will be doing a custom video for you because I happen to—I happen to. So this is behind the scenes, but um, there's—you can join the channel as a member, and I happen to look there today, and I, I don't go to the screen very often. It's a tab that I just don't use, and uh, I have to look, and this all of a sudden he's a platinum member, and I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. And then I had to go in and actually see whether my membership perks were for that level because I, 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 I had totally forgotten. I had not done any sort of research onto that because I hadn't even thought about it. And yeah, looking at that now, I'm like, oh yeah. So I've I've been thinking about how to do a, a custom video for him in, in a unique way, and I, I'm 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 going to do it. That's going to happen. Is it like that time that uh, I remember one of you had a super chat for like five hundred dollars or something? You remember okay. that? <laughs> yeah. And the guy pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that that was crazy on that one. Um, he got them. So to clarify this, so you can do a super chat uh, on uh, live streams, and he had wanted to do five dollars, but he actually hit the button wrong and did five hundred dollars, something like that. And so he got his money back. Um, he, he'd emailed me in the bank, whatever, and YouTube said fine, you know, not a big deal because I was going to literally download that payment and like send it back to him because I felt so mm-hmm. bad about it, but. He did get that back. <laughs> I was yeah, I forgot yeah. about that one. That was kind of that was a funny. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that in the chat, and I remember you were like, "Holy crap!" I know. I think Jill was. Like, oh, I think Jill was in the chat too, and I think Jill was talking at the moment, and like my eyeballs, like, well, "Holy cow!" And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> so it's some back and forth on that. But no, I yeah, I, we we now have I've now have seven or eight members now, which I'm fully appreciative because that's yeah. that really does help smooth out. The, the, well, people don't realize this, Tim. They don't realize, and and I'll brag about memberships because we both have some. 
but that does a lot for for channels because youtube takes a huge chunk and i was talking to tim over the weekend about this because i had a video that they strangely took more than normal out of and we don't get all the time 45 to 55 percent of of revenue from these things youtube takes a big chunk of this so when you guys do the extra memberships or whatever that does that does help keep these channels afloat and they're greatly appreciated uh i always hate selling myself on that stuff because it's it's i feel like you know there it's free content we put out but at the end of the day man it does it does make a big difference and it helped us going to chicago for sure so we yeah the biggest thing is the ebbs and flows and advertising rates and so on those months that are like January is always your worst ad rate months. Those memberships do smooth things out. And that way you have a consistent kind of income coming in. You're not worried about too much on that. Yeah, now, it, 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 February. Right. It's not, it's not like, it's not like 50% of the channel revenue. It's like, you know, three or four, not even 3%, maybe a, a percent or two, but it does, it does help. So I just, I haven't, I haven't seen Ken Nix on a live stream and I hope he's still around and he hasn't commented. So maybe he left, but uh, I just, I had to, I had to shout it out to that because I, because I, I had noticed it and I was like, holy cow. So um, thank you for that. Well, so Tim, I, I want to get into you a little bit. You know, I don't want to keep you all day, but the Chicago Auto Show, like I told Brian, and we got to sit in a little bit of everything. And this is the first time um, besides, you know, like I said, Jeep, Jeep wasn't there. Solantis, whatever their name is, wasn't there, which is not for midsize wasn't a big loss because the rent or the gladiator's been out for a while. There's nothing new about it other than I guess the 24 gets the new screen. Um, what was your takeaway from getting to see all these trucks in one place? Well, I mean, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I think Ford probably won that to me. I, I am interested in the trail hunter a little bit, and I know you've been interested in it. And they had that truck all kitted out. But um, overall, to me, man, I'm still I'm still interested in owning Ford. Yeah, I, um, I love auto shows. In that you can see so many different vehicles at once, and you can do comparisons, and you know you can look at a Ford and walk across the, the street and go, oh, row, and there's Tacoma. You know, you just yeah. it's it's it really puts things in better perspective than you can like in a dealership walk, anything like that. Um, Ford had a really impressive booth this year. I was really impressed with their booth, and uh, it was nice to have the Explorer there. Like I hadn't seen the Explorer. Uh, they had the, a reveal for it, but Jill and I were at another event that week, so we couldn't make it. But, um, yeah, it was good to see that stuff there. It's good to see the midsize trucks there. I, I always um, – I wish there was always more trims. That's the thing. You know, people are like, well, you did the – I did the – what I did, the Colorado Trail Boss versus ZR2 or something like that. And it's like, well, that's all they had. Like, that, th- they had those two models, um, which is unfortunate. I, I, I love – we used to do a, a truck rodeo in Texas, mm-hmm. and in its heyday – these brands would bring down every trim level of their trucks. And that was just phenomenal. Like getting them all together. That was, that was the best. Um, but it is, and things really stand out to you differently. Right. So when you walk on the show, you're like, and we look at a Ford Ranger, like, Oh, I like the interior layout like this. You go to Tacoma, you're like, well, I like these features here, I like this here. And, and they're like, wait, the Tacoma bed looks like it's smaller. And you go back with the, look at Ford Ranger bed. I mean, it, it, you really put things in perspective and you really get to see things in a different way. And I walked away thinking Ford had done a knockout job with that. Uh, mm-hmm. The Tacomas they had there, as you pointed out, one was pretty beat up. And uh, they just didn't have the display I wanted. Uh, some of them were locked, which is just always dumb to have locked vehicles immediately. Did you have that problem, too? I know I know Corey uh, and some of the other channels eventually got Toyota to open those trucks. Because in a lot of cases, they're prototype trucks. And they don't let everybody in them. But journalists, they'll usually let in. But, yeah, I went to Toyota's, and everything was locked up. And it pissed me off, honestly, because I was like, 
this is the first chance for me getting in the new TRD Pro. You go get in it or the new Land Cruiser. I was excited to get into that because that's a potential vehicle for the channel coming up. So I was like, really wanted to experience that and everything was just sealed up. Yeah, and, and you can ask and it's just kind of a pain in the butt. It's my, my bitch about media days. We you know, everything should be unlocked and there should be no music. That's yeah, those are my two things, and it doesn't always happen. But um I you know, Chicago is always a great show because it's really relaxed. You could you get walk on see stuff. The other yeah. shows are really kind of busy and chaotic and you don't get the same kind of experience. Um and, and like I said, it, even though we can't drive them, it is it's great just to see the interior and do interior comparisons. I wish yeah. I would have done more cross brand stuff. I yeah. I did brand to brand, but you know, every year you go, you make a different game plan. You're like, all right, I'll try this this year. I'll, next year, I'll try that. But and, and you know, I uh, I would love you know to do like a, a should have done a Ranger Raptor versus Colorado Zero Two and versus this because that's Halo vehicles. People love seeing that the top trim levels kind of go compete back back and forth on it. Right. But it is it is chaotic when you're trying to film and you're trying to remember all your stats and this approach angle and that horsepower number and the, I'm just I don't have the memory for that anymore. I need to actually, yeah. I should really just start creating cheat sheets. <laughs> I should you know I should do a lot more show prep is what probably I should be doing. Get more cheat sheets and stuff because uh, those numbers do matter and it shows you more more that you know what you're talking about when you start doing mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, I uh, the 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 display for Toyota too that orange and then we had that kind of tariff two Terra vehicles sitting there or three Terra. Like I was like, they blended in and for video perspective, it's just like, Oh man, it's oversaturated. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting with those colors is uh, I remember when the, uh, some of the greens were coming or not, not the greens, the desert tans were coming out. Mm-hmm. It was like a popular trend a couple years ago. Everybody's doing the mm-hmm. desert tan color in an auto show. They look terrible outside. They look awesome. Right. And so that's the other problem too, is the lighting is sometimes, doesn't work to your benefit because it doesn't show the vehicle off as well as that as it is in natural light. Yeah, no, um, I I will say Ford's lighting that they had because the blue on that Ranger Raptor was just popping on that. And there are certain colors for for video that do definitely work better. Uh, reds and stuff to me work great, but the Terra, I'm kind of over that color. And I know Toyota just launched that color, but I'm like that was it was kind of we saw it in Texas last year. And it was interesting, especially in the sun. There's definitely, like you were saying, there's definitely a different vibe to it. But I'm just, I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm so used to Toyota having some fun colors, like the lime green to me. It's not for everybody. But to see that on the old tacos is great. You know, TRD John had had one. And that that color to me on that truck just looks great. Um, so the Terra, I was kind of bummed about. Especially, like, I've seen a few now in 4Runner. And I'm, and, well, 4Runner in general is just like, quit giving just make a black white and silver one right now you're, you're killing it anyway so just we don't need all the fun colors um what was your thought of the land cruiser i know this is sort of a it's mid-sized truck platform um where were you at with that because i've never heard you talk much about that thing and you know why i haven't talked much about it because i haven't really spent much time with it <laughs> i haven't right. really deal with well, it i didn't know if you approached the show of like cool i want to see this thing deal with it you know the land cruiser for me is kind of interesting um in that Jill went to launch with that in Utah. I was at a family camp trip, so I couldn't make that trip. I wanted to go, but I was doing a family thing. And she went and she looked it up and, and she drove it. And then a lot of people, did, I watched a lot of people's videos on it. So I feel like I have an understanding of what it is, but it doesn't really appeal to me. Like it's, it's kind of weird boxy shape. And I, and I, and I'm, I just got done driving the, the GX 550, which is going to basically be pretty similar to Land Cruiser. Um, not, I know, People are going to freak out about this. It's going to be a lot different. I get it. But 
I just don't spend much time in it. I just it it kind of pushes me off a little bit. Like the the styling you know, stuff is just not for me. And Kelly brought up a good point about this thing. She goes, "It looks like the old the old uh, Honda. Um, oh, what's their little small SUV? The Ridgeline or not Ridgeline? Um, Passport or well, I forget what they there. She goes, "It looks just like this old Honda." And I was it looks like, like an FJ Cruiser Cruiser to me. And definitely that, the, the they're playing on that definitely for sure. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, so to me, it's like. And I and then they have a problem with it. It's like, okay, so what where does this fit, right? So you get, you have to kill the forerunner now, right? And Toyota's like, no, we're not killing the forerunner, we're gonna do it differently. And I'm like, well, wh- why would you get this not the forerunner? And why would just yeah. it's too murky right now? It's not very clear what exactly um this is gonna do and what it's where it's gonna be. And I and right there, I mean, that black with the, the black molding. It just doesn't stand out to me. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. that pops for me there. It just looks it like a Lego me of Lexus. Something Lexus would do because they're going to mellow these things out. It reminds right. me of like, this was a Lexus design that they just sort of went, oh, we, we'll sort of make it Toyota. Right. And I, and I know TRD John has done a lot of videos on it. And he's really excited. He's going to buy one. And people have talked about buying. I, I know uh, Ryan Doff at Driving Sports TV is going to buy. He's looking at buying one too. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it seems like it's a lot of money right now because what they do, the first editions or something like that. Um, well, seemed... mid-50s, is, this was the 1958, so this wasn't the first edition. So right. this was supposed to be the affordable one. Uh, but I, I and all, they keep saying mid, mid $50,000 range, which to me is going to be $60,000 range. And I, I like the idea of the smaller, you know, I know they call this, it's basically a Prado, but I like the idea that the, a smaller vehicle like this is coming back. But that's still for a vehicle that you want to go explore in. It's getting harder to uh, to want to spend sixty, seventy thousand dollars and potentially go beat up the vehicle that you just spent a lot of money on. You know. Yeah, uh, I, and I think when I give them a press on, I'll understand it better. But um, Steve Steve P point, points out it just comes off cheap looking to me, and I have the same appeal. Like I, I the part was the power train the same like a is, is the power train. Train. yeah. So I mean, it's so you're basically like okay, we've taken the same power train, we're gonna throw it in this, we're gonna take. This we're gonna make it smaller. We're gonna basically make it a forerunner looking thing that different styling. I just mm-hmm. don't I don't see much in this that got I didn't get excited, I didn't get wild about it. Like I the prior generation, the big one, I mean, that was fun. I mean, I drove the hell out of that thing. I actually drove that cross country a couple of times. Um, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, the big yeah, thing. Hundred grand too. Right. But and, and but see that that to me made sense. That that vehicle made sense. Now you're making it half the size, half the price, and it's like okay. And I again, like I said, it's, it's an FJ Cruiser combo. What happens a Forerunner now? It just things aren't settled in my head of where this is at. Like I, well, like the Highland, the Grand Highlander I drove makes total sense. Bigger yeah. Highlander for the money, best way to go. They're gonna sell a ton of those. That makes sense. So like, I think that's where it's a journalist in my head. It's like I, I have a hard time getting sad about something when I don't understand it. And Land Cruiser, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Spy photos came out this week of the potential forerunner coming out. And it, I will say it looks to be the same size as this thing, which is the same size as the current forerunner. It, it it is, and there is a weird price point to that. And of course, we were talking earlier about Toyota and price points. I don't how do you have two vehicles in the same price point? Because if you look at the current forerunner and that thing is a dinosaur, it's still mid-50s for a fairly kitted out vehicle. So I don't understand what they were going for. I thought, well, maybe that means the forerunner goes away for a while. 
and they bring it back as something maybe smaller, but it doesn't seem to be happening. But well, it, look, uh, look at the Lexus GX five fifty, the Overtrail edition. That Overtrail yeah. is pretty damn cool. I, I like that that version. Two rows. The third row is a joke, and the the GX don't don't even worry about that. But the two rows, it makes sense, and it's uh, was it mid fifties? I think it's maybe sixties. So why yeah. would you buy the Land Cruiser when you buy the Lexus GX and have a little more comfort? Comfort, a little more better materials. Like I, like I said, it's just it's it's just kind of. I after the show, I came to the conclusion that most third rows are a waste of money, anyways. Like <clears throat> we we mess with the new Explorer, which it's okay. Uh, the new Acadia, which is okay for a third row. I do like that they're putting captain chairs in that middle row, so it is easier to get to the third row. But once you get back there, God help you if you're ever in a car wreck because your face is through the back seat of the other vehicle and your knees are as well. But I just I, that, I wish that fade fad would go away. Give me a third row in a Sequoia, something big, right? So your pet your people have a little bit of room. But past that, I don't need in a, you know, like like that Land Cruiser. I'm I'm pretty sure it's a three row. It just kills any cargo room you have. And the idea of small SUVs like that, the Forerunner, are made to be adventure vehicles. And I can't adventure if half the vehicle I can't put anything in it. Yeah, I and the Forerunner is a perfect example. Two rows, easy. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no messing around. It's like the Tacoma. It's got. I mean, it's the Forerunner makes a lot of sense in my head. I thought the Land. I thought the Land Cruiser is all muddied now, and I would buy a Tacoma over Land Cruiser, and I'd buy the GX five fifty over Land Cruiser. Like those are yeah. easy decisions for me. Like it's if I'm already going to be in the fifty thousand price point, I'm not going to shop. I'm not going to buy Land Cruiser because of the name Land Cruiser. I'm going to buy yeah. a vehicle that suits my needs. Do you and think the, that's what they were banking on? Land Cruiser has this name, this cachet that. Maybe that's going to bring sales. Yeah, it does, and actually does. So yeah. there's a there's a famous story a lot of dealers talk about. Whenever Toyota entered a new market, they always launched Land Cruiser first because it's the best built vehicle they have, and so they always proved their quality QDR, quality durability, reliability, and mm-hmm. then they brought everything else over. And so that's they always have done that. So people love Land Cruiser for Land Cruisers. I mean, there's all sorts of different. Uh, forums and groups and fan clubs, of Land Cruisers. So let, there's a huge Land Cruiser Museum, which they launched the Land Cruiser in, which incidentally, I actually introduced Toyota to that museum <laughs> way back in the day. So it, it was kind of a full circle. It, it was bad. It sucked I wasn't there, but it was kind of a full circle there, launched the Land Cruiser there. So, I mean, they, they have a lot of name recognition with it. I know my friend Kurt Williams is a huge Land Cruiser guy, and I've seen his videos, and he's talked about it, and I've known him for years. Um, like I said, I just, I think it's too muddied and I haven't spent time in it and I just don't know. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it fits in my world that, that, and that's why I haven't talked about it. I haven't done, I've done many videos on it. We, I think we did, Jill did her video and I, and I edited her video and did it and it's just not, and the thing with Land Cruiser is nothing really stands out to me as wow factor. Yeah, no, like they should have brought a more off-road looking vehicle because that was such a street. I know it's Chicago, so maybe they're trying to play on the the city vibes to that. But that thing did not look it just like it looked plain to me. And that was that was a bummer for for me for that vehicle was cuz like you I I the series 80 to me, the one from the mid 90s, that's my favorite Land Cruiser. Yeah. It's something about the size of it. It just looks like it belongs in the woods having fun and you know, back even back in the day the horsepower of that vehicle was awful really. But it just there's something fun about that, and I don't feel like even Nissan with the Patrol. And uh, first off, hi Ronald, you must be way early in Hawaii, by the way. Um, <laughs> that is uh, but, really early. But the 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 
weirdness of the patrol and the land cruiser those two like you were saying those are global suvs you know you used to see a lot of patrols in the middle east a lot of land cruisers in the middle east because they're luxury suvs and they just got outgrown themselves and i was happy to see toyota kind of like shrinking this thing down and the price was really exciting but after seeing it i'm i'm with you i almost would go for a grand highlander you're getting more vehicle right and and i i guess i jill and i have argued about this a few times i don't understand the whole boxy suv trend currently right so like the Land Cruiser is especially boxy. Uh, it just looks like it's kind of Lego pieces put together to, for me. Uh, the Hyundai Santa Fe, the new Hyundai Santa Fe, um, if you, you, should, you should find a picture of that real fast. Um, that thing looks really boxy. The Kia Telluride redone looks really boxy. And so I'm not so sold on this. But I didn't like the round period of time. We went through this thing where all the vehicles were really round on the corners and such. But now we have these really defined, strong character lines, and uh, Jill seems to like them. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mixed on this boxy trend we you have. Know, the Santa Fe, the eight-bit looking Nintendo-looking headlights are just kind of strange to me. Um, I didn't. I, that's one vehicle I didn't. I wanted to go see, but I just didn't get a chance to kind of go over to Hyundai's booth. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I will say for Hyundai, they're a whole, I like the fact that they're just trying different things. Like they're not kind of following a trend. They seem to be want to make a trend, but yeah, the headlights of that thing were kind of off putting to me. <laughs> I know it just, and, and the thing is like Land Cruiser versus that Land Cruiser is very boxy too. It's like, I, I don't understand why it's gotta be so, why this trend is happening. Like we need a stronger box looking thing because I yeah. thought the forerunner, the, the current forerunner is not boxy, but it still looks strong to me. It doesn't have mm-hmm. the, like, the pieces put together. So I, yeah, I, the crew forerunner still looks great. It still looks yeah. If they would have yeah. just taken the interior and <laughs> made it more modern looking. Well, yeah. And I talk to Toyota about it all the time. And they're just like, and it's all you gotta do is take the new interior and then put a maybe a more powerful powertrain in there. And mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. Don't change the size, don't change the trim levels, don't change the styling. All you gotta do is those two things, people will be happy. And they know that. They just um budget you know they have to budget out when these vehicles getting redone that kind of stuff but yeah it's it, it it's interesting um where, where we're at in that world and uh bryce cooley brings up the some points about price because it always makes sense i've always got to talk about price um there is no price ceiling frankly mm-hmm. i've talked to gmc about it talked to toyota about it whatever they don't automakers don't know where the price ceiling is for these trucks they keep pricing them and you guys keep buying them so you price them higher you guys keep buying them so it's say- it's starting to happen though, Tim. Because look at look at Ford Bronco sales right now. They're they keep they keep jumping the price. My my 2021 Bronco was fifty four thousand dollars. I priced it yesterday. It's it's sixty four now. The Raptor when it came out for Bronco was seventy two thousand. They cranked it up to ninety three thousand, and they're sitting on the lots. And I do feel like I do feel like there are there's a natural no the manufacturers yeah well. $200,000. Let's just see what happens. And you remember about five years ago when there was a big deal about the first $100,000 truck? Mm-hmm. I think it was Ram, wasn't it? It was going to do the first $100,000 truck and people were losing their minds. It's yeah. No. And Ford did one actually too. Yeah. What's interesting is Ford did one and it was like a, it's a luxury like F350 or something like that was over the $100,000 mark. And it's talking to Ford PR about it. They're like, this guy's going to haul horses and horse trailers. And we're like, yeah, okay. And he goes, 
the trailer costs more than the truck. So don't worry about the $100,000 truck. The trailer and horses cost yeah. a lot more than that. So it's like, yeah. and those guys want tax. The, th- the secret here is people need the tax write-offs too. Mm-hmm. And so accountants want you to spend more money. I have a friend, sure. I just had a friend, uh, a friend of a friend, bought a new uh, fully loaded uh, GMC. Was it, yeah, it was a, like a one-ton GMC Sierra uh, Denali Ultimate for like a hundred or almost like a hundred thousand dollars. And like another, he bought like three or four trucks that day, paid cash for all of them. And there was like one boss's truck and a couple of a couple of work trucks for the for the company. Uh, that was all for tax write-offs. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve points out, I just went by a Ford dealership and counted 15 Broncos in a lot, two in four door. I, and then you'll see videos on YouTube. Broncos not selling. It's going, Ford's going to file bankruptcy tomorrow. We know a couple channels that are probably just itching to, to do oh, that. Yeah. Well, and the and, thing is, it's like, you know, I mean, the thing, the thing I don't I don't understand is like pre-COVID, the lots were full of all sorts of vehicles. Yeah. Right. They had trucks sitting out the wazoo back then because then they do incentives, yeah. they do Chevy yeah. Truck Month and blow out a bunch of them, right? And now it's like if the dealership's got five, holy cow, Ford's gonna file bankruptcy tomorrow. Yeah. Right. And it's like it's like, wait a minute, we, you know, we're we're in Europe, there really are no dealerships with lots of inventory. People mm-hmm. custom order everything. In the U.S., we want every color, trim, model, configuration, deal a lot, and we want five grand off every time we kick a tire, right? So it's like it's like completely different buying uh, uh, public, but like yeah, pre-COVID, you could walk around lots and you could see all different trim levels and stuff. My Chevy dealer still has quite a bit of inventory. I don't know how he managed it, but the Ford dealer for years had nothing. And I just drove by the Ford dealer the other day, and he's got ten cargo vans sitting out front. I haven't seen a Ford cargo van. In like a couple of years, I actually was going to call them up and go do some videos of them because I haven't. I just you don't see cargo van, cargo mm-hmm. vans at all, and uh, I don't. No, I, I, I never think. I think a small dealership that probably has ten of the transit sitting out there. Yeah, I, I mean, and the thing is, the transit's actually a great vehicle. Um, I, I just don't get. I, I don't lose my mind over how many Broncos sitting around that kind of thing because um, they will sell them or they'll do something with them. What's, what's interesting to me is my friend, uh, the wheelman, he's got a channel here on YouTube. He went down to a Lincoln dealership in uh, Loveland, Colorado, and they had like he said they had like seven Lincoln Aviators that were 2023 models sitting there, and they were willing to give like twenty five hundred dollars off. And he's like, "Well, but the twenty fours are coming in now, and if I order a twenty five comes in October, that's two years newer than that vehicle is. You have a lot." Yeah. And they had a bunch of uh, the reason why they had so many of them was. If you look, he said, if you look closely, you could tell which ones were rear wheel drive, which ones were all wheel drive. They had a bunch of rear wheel drives in yeah, Loveland, Colorado, that they're not going to sell, right? Yeah. So it's like they should just ship those to Texas or California immediately because they're not going to do anything. So it's it's sometimes it's bad dealerships too. Like that guy's sitting on seven Lincoln Aviators in 2023 for dumb reasons. Um, I know in my area there's no Ford Broncos, but when I drove up to South Dakota about two years ago. I drove by a big, big Ford dealership up there, and they had several Broncos up there. And my mm-hmm. cousin, my neighbor was looking for one, and so I had to come back and tell him, "Hey, there's actually one dealership that's got some." So you have these really weird inventory issues in dealer lots, where it's like some dealers have a ton, some dealers have none, and, and there's just a, it's just weird. And it, then you also have the really weird regulatory thing, where like Jeep Wranglers. Um, I was talking to Roman about this at TFL, and he's like. He goes, you can't buy a natural aspirated Jeep Wrangler. They're not on dealer lots. They're only four by E's. And so you can order one, but you actually can't just can't even buy one. He goes, we tried to buy one a couple of times. You can't even find them. 
like they're not even building them. So he's like, so people will say, well, here's all these Jeep Wranglers sitting in deal lots, and why Jeep's not going to they're going under and Jeep's not selling. They're all the powertrains that people have, don't always want. Yeah. Well, Jeep, Jeep, the, that's a mess of a company anyways. I know TFL did a kind of video on that recently, and we've talked privately about that. Like, I don't know where they're going, especially with the new Wagoneer thing, the, the electric EV thing. Like, they want to be Land Rover so bad, and they don't – it's like some Europeans bought that company and don't know what they have. They, yeah. they don't realize that trucks and the Wrangler is what kept that company afloat, and they're ignoring trucks and Wrangler to build a bunch of things that – so that I'm scared for that company. I think in in five ten years maybe uh, the rest of that goes under and Jeep sold to somebody else. Ramp separated. And I I can see because you know you put a bunch of turd companies together. What do you expect is going to happen? There's still going to be a turd company, unfortunately, with a, a bunch of brands under their their banner. And I like their products. Don't get me wrong. I just that's that's a whole that's a whole other show on that. And I think um, that, I think it's interesting with the Ford Bronco too. Like if you think about the Land Cruiser. Lankridge actually should be a Ford Bronco competitor, but when have you seen a video like that? Nobody's talking think, about that. I think a couple years ago, TFL when they got theirs, I think that because I think they had their Bronco at the same time. But no, there definitely are almost price point, almost the same too. That's what I'm saying the, the, I'm not saying the old one. I'm saying the new Land Cruiser. Yeah, size, uh, price is should be a competitor for Bronco. But I just thought of this in my head. Um, but you're not seeing that anywhere. I haven't seen the media. I haven't seen. I've never done a bit comparison like that. I haven't seen the media do comparisons like that. Well, does I don't think Land Rover wants to downgrade themselves in like whole. You know, you put that name next to Ford, and they're like, "Oh, we're so much better." That I I think maybe it's a status thing of why probably neither company pushed that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even tell you the sales numbers of of the the Rover. Uh, I see a few, but not I, Rover Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser. Or yeah, I'm sorry. I'm too many lands, too many companies with land in their name. <laughs> um, well, I think when we start when you start to drive those, I bet you start seeing some some. Yeah, it seems like, an, and I think that would make some sense. You can put those competitors together. Because, um, but yeah, I think I think what's going to good thing. I think if you drive by the lots and there's lots of vehicles and lots, I think that's a good sign. I don't think that's a bad sign. It's a good sign because consumers now. Can actually kick the tires and actually do stuff. I remember during COVID, I, people watched a lot of videos because they couldn't actually see the vehicles, mm -hmm. right? And so now you can actually go see them, and you can you can then you go back to the video and you can okay, I've missed this point or he brought up that point. You go back, you can go back and forth. I think we have better informed consumers now because of more on dealership lots. And I wish I had a better relationship with some of my dealers because I would do a lot more comparison videos of just trim levels. But the thing is, like trim level comparisons, you can do it online too. So it's one of those things. Yeah. So I know you have a uh, Ranger coming up, the Ranger drives, which, you know, sadly, and I keep poking Ford at, Hey guy, Hey, I'm over here. Remember the guy that's been promoting this for two years. Um, what Salt Lake city, I think is where they're doing that. Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yep. Uh, hopefully the weather's great for you on that. Uh, real snowy and, and where you can't get the vehicles out and drive home. And I'll be there for a while. I'll be there for uh, four days. I, four days. Yeah. My, the way the travels worked out, I just, I can't, it's just how things worked out my little area. Hey, that's a great town though. I love that town. That's that's a retirement town for me. Uh that or somewhere in Texas. Me and Kelly's talked about. I love Salt Lake City, man. Yeah, I'd go a little bit further south to St. George, Utah. St. George, Utah. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. Um, um yeah, so so Ford Ranger Drive, I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for that. Um well, now again, that you're in them again, like get a had well, to pump the 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting. In earlier in the show, you said how how the Tacoma was taking so long to come out. Um, hello, Ford Rangers, like hold my beer. You know, it's like it's like it, we we did the video in May, and now it's yeah. almost a year. I mean, you're talking yeah. ten months later, we can drive it. Toyota didn't have that pesky UAW problem, right? So, I mean, um, I'm excited to drive the Ford Ranger. I'm really, I'm really, like I've said a few times, I. The more I've drove the Colorado and more I drove the Canyon, the less I liked them, which is mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing to say. Um, the more I found things I didn't like, more cheap things stood out to me, more materials stood out to me. Um, the the two inch lift drives me nuts. Some of those vehicles getting in and out, that kind of deal. The Ford Ranger seems like it's right. It's, it's really a good spot um, for me for getting in and out and for what they're doing features wise. And it's like, they don't have as many different weird trims like the Tacoma has, but the trims they have kind of make sense. So here you go. Here's your off-road version. Here's your kind of fancier version. Here's your base level version, right? It's it's kind of like it's pretty cut and dry. It's it's not very um, things. I do think they'll bring a trimmer in. I think this. Oh, I think so. Trimmer trimmer is so popular. Yeah. What a great name. Yeah, the trimmer. The trimmer. That I think you know, if I were to buy another F one fifty, it has to be a trimmer. Like I, Mm -hmm. when I was going to buy, when I bought, I bought my Ram instead. But I was going to buy one. It's going to be a trimmer. I love the trimmer package. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm really excited to see because then. After that drives over, I'll have been in and driven all the new midsize trucks. And I can't wait to do some, uh, you know, pen and paper comparison thoughts. I've done some build and price thoughts in those trucks. But, like, you know, if, uh, if I've after driven them all, um, I don't understand why Ford's dragging their feet on a 2.7. It's only the 2.3. Yeah, that's a weird one. Seems like they're dragging their feet on that one. Um, and well, do you think it's an only... issue of the trucks? The trucks use up, they build that engine in one place in, in Ohio. Do you think it's a uh, trying to feed the machine of like trucks? That's a popular engine for F one fifty, and they're using it in in the the Bronco. Like they got a lot of a lot of mouths to feed with that engine. I think it was UAW strike. Yeah. Well, yeah, they yeah, said, yeah. remember at the launch they said it was going to come out. I think December is what they. I think the truck was supposed to have been out by fall, and then December is when the two seven right. was supposed to. Yeah, the UAW strike really hit them bad. Actually, uh, Ford uh, CEO Jim Farley gave a speech the other day or conversation <laughs> and I, yeah i was actually i didn't see that i didn't see what he's talking i didn't see the the speech yeah. itself or the conversation yeah. but i i got in snippets and he basically said look if we build another plant we're going to really figure out where we're going to build it because that uw strike really pissed him off yeah sean was not happy with that no he had a fire bat and so i was like oh god here we go fireworks again but and there's actually some conversation about the ford uh kentucky plant going on strike again I don't yeah, quite understand. I didn't, I didn't finish an article I was reading on that. What's the? They never ratified the contract. Something like that. Yeah, I, I've been trying to wrap my head around it. So basically, the strike was, you know, going to ratify the contract, but the local UAW has something with the plant they haven't quite finalized yet, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very specific uh, plant and UAW. Only those two. Are having an argument about vacation and health. I think it's the, the two big, you know, it's always a thing, right? Benefits. And mm-hmm. there's some argument over benefits. And so the, they're talking about going striking, which is pretty interesting. It's going to push them back. Because you talk, a- you look at the Ford Ranger, look at Ford Super Duty. Yeah. Super Duty is taking forever to come out. And you can't even, you know, and that's what, another reason why I bought the Ram over the Ford F 50 this year was I wasn't for sure I could get a new F 50 this year. Like yeah. I, even this year, I mean, the 24s, we saw those in uh, what, August and yeah. they're not out yet. And so that that's the thing. It's like that's a frustrating thing for a lot of consumers is um, they want the details. They want to know what they want to go buy one. They want to go build and price one. They want to go get one from the dealership. And it's not coming. Uh, the, well, G- the 24. 
they had an issue with the UAW strike. It forced one of the third tier suppliers to go under. If I've, it's what I'm hearing. And because I've had a lot of people asking me about that. And, you know, there that's hard news to cover because a lot of times, you know, you hide There's your nothing public. You just, yeah, yeah you just hide that public. Well, um, and, and during the strike videos I was doing, I was talking about it, I, I, the automakers would be fine. It's the third party suppliers can be hurt. And so yeah. that's going to be the supply chain problem is getting the third party suppliers back and going and then to feed the machine. Um, the 20, 24 to Colorado and Canyon, the same problem. They're still not shipping. You know, and so there's been some issues there. So um, it, it is a frustrating time to buy a midsize truck right now because there's lots of cool things out there, but you just can't buy one, which is yeah. which is frustrating. But yeah, I think that I think that the like I said, the, I I really wanted to spend more time with the Ford Ranger. I'm really curious. I was there's some confusion from the customer standpoint too, between like why would you buy a Ford Ranger over Ford Maverick, or why would you buy a Ford Ranger or F150. And the, the F-150 isn't that much um, difference in price because they have such a wide range of F-150s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you do apples to apples, you're still $15,000, $15,000 more F-150 versus a Ranger. But if you don't care about some of those options, you can, you know, and there's just a lot of conversation going on with the Ford Ranger. And I'll be curious to see how Ford rolls it out because the 2019 model was like, hey, we screwed up. Let's just bring it back to the United States. Here it is. Yeah, This one's the first time they've actually said, okay, we're going to do something a little more unique for the U.S. market a little bit more focused. I should say mm-hmm. not more unique, but they're a little more focused on that segment now than they used to be. So I, yeah, it's interesting. Um, what's going on with that? Uh, Big Wheel Fab says the UAW strike uh, could have been a blessing. Ford should have stockpiled parts. Well, that's not how on-time manufacturing works, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, everything, everything you'd like to think parts are stockpiled, that kind of stuff builds up, but the plants are run very uh, lean. That you know, you have just enough parts to build those trucks a day, and you just that's it's on time delivery. When I when I worked for Nissan manufacturing, I was I was in charge of mirrors. Believe it's the weirdest little job, but I was making sure the mirrors got to the right side of the line, so and and would put them out there. And yes, we would uh, on Fridays they would shove the order for Monday, like that's how fast that yep. that they were needing parts was. Okay, here's our order for the Monday for the rest of the week, and then next Friday, guess what? Same thing. So, and because warehousing is expensive, if you've ever, you've ever been to some of these manufacturing plants, some of the, some of the, like the Michigan assembly plants, some of these plants that are building Broncos or, or the one in Kentucky building F-150s, they, they don't have a lot of land. Like they're kind of like, they don't, you know, I know like for Toyota in San Antonio and Nissan here in Middle Tennessee, they were smart about like, let's go big. We're only going to build this one plant in the United States where I think the old school mentality of like oh we'll just put little plants everywhere they don't have warehousing space they can't just you can't just shove parts where you want to i mean i wish they would especially the pandemic it would have been great for them but the i always say the pandemic the one loser was nissan and all that they had all these great trucks sitting on lots they never they never once went hey we have trucks look guys (laughs) you need a truck we still have some nissan's a car company yeah Um, yeah no i i um i'm excited for that I, i leave tomorrow for ram in austin i'm excited for that um nice. i've been watching a few videos people are putting out early not a lot of them i've, I've seen some of the stuff they put out and mm-hmm. um i think it's interesting i didn't realize they have two bumpers they have one that's steel and one that's plastic and one looks like more than an suv and one look more like a truck right. and so you can actually order different bumpers so the kind of family that may not want that rugged truck look it kind of sways them a little bit i guess yeah, I, I I've never heard of that one before, and I didn't even 
pick up press materials. That's one thing that that makes my job frustrating is that you'll read a press release and then you'll, you know, you'll drive the vehicle, right? And then you'll do your story. And then you don't get the full picture until, say, the build and price tool comes out. I, and it's like, I've had so many times I was like, I'm bitching about there's not a plug here or a step here, hard to get in here. And it's a damn accessory you can bolt on, right? Yeah. And people are like, well, just bolt the accessory on. I'm like, oh, son of a, I, oh, man. You know, if I'd have known an accessory, I wouldn't, I would have said, hey, you know, I don't like this, but hey, for 45 bucks or whatever, you can buy this accessory and put it on, right? So, but you don't know the information. You don't know what you don't know. And so right. you, you just, I was surprised to hear that from somebody. And then somebody else pointed out with the Ram truck, they said it looked like a SUV. And I think it's very much the whole boxy SUV craze is now making trucks look, I don't know what the, the, yeah. the design styling is. I don't think the new Ram is that much of a leap from the previous generation. So no, but if you take a pick, take a picture of the Ram front end and put like uh, the Wagoneer like mm-hmm. next to it, it it definitely does have the same vibes, which is mm-hmm. I don't know, like it, love it, hate it. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I have the forum at pickuptrucktalk.com. Uh, people have been talking about all sorts of different things over there, and I find it fascinating what c- consumers, um compare things to like they'll talk about hey you know i really like this colors and i'm like okay or these wheels and i'm like all right well there's a whole other part of the vehicle <laughs> you know I'm like there's a lot of things going on but then they dial in very specific things and there's a whole like oil thread right now and it's like oh my goodness we just we go full in on stuff so it, it is i think it's interesting um what's going on and what consumers actually really focus on versus journalists focus on like we yeah. you know we're trying to cover this whole vehicle this whole kind of stuff and they walk and the, i'll put a video up and they're like oh yeah i like at the two seven 25 minute mark it's this right here i like this item i'm like oh okay well i you know i just i, I you see it so many times like i do so many reviews a year i sometimes i miss small details like that which is which is frustrating yeah i, d- I definitely recommend everybody go over to your forum I, I think it's a unique way to interact one with your audience or i hang out there a lot any anybody I, you know I, I i say any journalist should go over there and just be a part of your forum because it's great for ideas for for what we do but it's nice to get real feedback like the the feedback you get on videos is either pro or con there is no like in between and i think the forums give you a good a better chance to write your story out of here's my problems or here's what I want you to cover or, or just sharing information with, uh, you know, Hey, I'm doing this with my vehicle. You have the same vehicle. You should try to do this. So I think it's a great, great way to, uh, to interact with everybody. And and you see in the comments, like I see Elliot just pop in who's, who's part of yours. Steve P hangs out in, in mine a lot. It's a good way to merge your audience and uh, join in there. So I definitely suggest that because Tim, uh, Tim doesn't keep it like, PG as far as like topics, like there's some, like you guys get into it a little bit over there. Like, Hey, this is what I like, or, or I don't like this. So, so I'm a big fan of the forum. Yeah. And, I, and, and we talk about other channels and it, we're not being rude to other channels on there. I, I just find it interesting. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, I didn't like this, that the way the guy presented this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, and I take it as, take it as constructive criticism of myself too. Like, oh, am I doing that thing? Can I make myself better? And what I like about the forums too, is it's, is people like they get involved. They're not snarky about it. There's no like 17 comment thread on YouTube. You have to register. You have to actually be part of the community, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and I curate the hell out of the thing. I, I it's read free. everything. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to, uh, right. To right. And, 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 and somebody pointed out to me, they're like, you know, what's great about it is they feel like they get the behind the scenes look at YouTube and behind the scenes of, mm-hmm. of journalism over there. And yeah, I share a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Cause it's what I don't care. 
And uh, I'll put stuff on there. Like the other day, um, Tuesday night, I flew down to Denver and picked up a, the ZR2. Um, I don't normally do that. And it, it was a hour flight and a three-hour drive home. So I left at six. I left at like five and got home at like 11. So it's like a six-hour day. But I just wanted the truck faster. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they didn't have anybody there to deliver it on Tuesday. I'm take I'm doing some more car stuff, and so I, I was putting more cars in my fleet, in my loan list, and that kind of stuff. And I was out of press loans, but driving 62 around and 62 lost park, and been kind of an adventure with that. So I just flew down and got it. And so it was, it was kind of fun to show the audience that that behind the scenes that, and that stuff. I mean, it won't make the video because it doesn't doesn't matter to the yeah. video. But yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I, rumor has it you may be doing a new channel. I haven't heard you talk much about it. Is so. Is is there? I yeah. know you've got a. There's a car journalist that would love to uh, work with you. Uh, anything going on with that? Yeah. So I think that's going to happen. So um, I have a friend who runs the Awesome Poster House. Been a friend of mine for years and years and years. And uh, he needs some more content. I gave him a car last year. I happen to have a car in my my rotation. So what happens is. I, I'm a long distance loan, so they want to do like six, seven cars or trucks and SUVs back to back because it's cheaper for them to, to bring a car up and swap than to send two drivers up at the same time. Yeah. And so I got a car in my mix because he didn't have a vehicle at that time, but had somebody else scheduled. And I sent to Paul, and Paul ran it and loved it. And he needs some more. He's he just got monetized again, but I want to kind of get his channel going a little bit more. So, and I was like, well, I have this car coming anyways. Um, why not just do it over there? Then I thought to myself, well. I can do a video for him, a video for me. I can make that pretty easy. And it's interesting because um, I think I'm just going to call it Tim Talks Cars. I think that's the simplest thing. I think what people have said, they want that name. I asked the audience. They seem like that's the winner. Um, but what's interesting about it is in April, there's a new event Toyota's doing. We're having, I can't speak to the vehicles, but there's a collection of cars and SUVs. And so it'll be nice. I'll be able to do car content and make that event more useful for me and do truck content too. So um, I feel like it's going to be a good thing overall because a lot of times, like the thing too, is like there's certain brands that I don't know that well. Honda, mm -hmm. I don't know that well because I don't, I know the Ridgeline really well and I know the CRV pretty well, but like I haven't been in Accord in 20 years. Cars basically is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done cars because I just, there's so much, there's so much audience. But now it's like, if I'm going to get the vehicle anyways and I go to events where there's cars there and I sat, I actually sat in the Corvette in, uh, Chicago and sent pictures of my kids because they love the Corvette and I actually like the Corvette. I thought that was pretty damn sweet. So well, you do have some. I think you do have those jean shorts. So right. uh, you would be perfect. Right, right. But uh, so one of my friends, Manny Katakis, um, has been really successful over the last couple of years, and he started a channel. Uh, it's a he has a YouTube channel, but really a website, and it's MuscleCarsAndTrucks.com, and it's it's like the best thing because I was thinking, you know, a lot of truck guys like Mustangs and they like. Camaros and such. They want they like muscle cars too. So it seems like a natural fit. I, I don't know that my a, a Camry would do as well as say a, a Dodge Hellcat, but like I'm a I just think to myself, I'm around these cars anyways. I'm at events with these cars. It's not that hard to shoot another video while I'm standing right there. And I'm gonna talk about powertrains that are basically in other vehicles because all the automakers are sharing powertrains, they're sharing infotainment systems, they're sharing um, design. And so it's, it should be pretty easy to talk about. So I have, I took my personal channel, deleted a bunch of my golf videos and my fitness videos, that kind of stuff. And so Wait, I, I what? yeah, I'm going to rename it. And then I have two car, I have three videos on there. I wanted Tacoma stuck in the sand, which I put over there because before I started YouTube, the other one of my brother owned uh, two Camaros that were 
50 years apart. And I did a video comparing those two. It's like 67 versus like a 19, no, a 20, what it was. It was, they're 50 years apart. I can't remember the ages. I had that video and have another video where my friend and I are driving a crash of 300 around Denver with no hands. And that video always freaks people out. So I'm like, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting this stuff anyway. So why not just do it? I, I won't do it as well as other channels, but I'll do my own, my personal practical take on things like I have for years. I yeah. think there's some value there. And and like I said, if I'm going to start taking cars, then I'll do something for Paul to get him going. I'll do my own little thing and then see what happens. I don't, people have, have, have the concerns where I'll get distracted too much and I won't do truck coverage as well. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, no, if you ever meet Tim, he's a truck guy. There's, you yeah. can't get trucked out of Tim. Yeah. That, that, well, my wife wanted to call it like truck guy and cars. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, just you, man. I, I, I laid the perfect name out for you. Well, yeah, what was your what was your comment? What, your, uh, 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 instead of pickup auto, what was it? Auto and CUV talk. Oh yeah, auto plus CUV. Yeah, I read these things. I just think I just think simply Tim talks cars, and I I want I, I'm worried about my kids. Like I want to give my kids a legacy. They can take the channel just with, and then I realized that you can change your channel name. Mm-hmm. So if the kids get involved. We'll just do. We'll just make the channel name different or something. So I, I don't know. Your one son likes Rocket League a lot. So if you don't want him driving cars like that, so he'd be bouncing <laughs> off ceilings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm going to go with. I don't know that's going to go as far, but I mean, to be honest with you, I've done truck covers for so long, I can do it yeah. in my sleep, and so I'm not worried about that. Sometimes you want a new challenge. Yeah. New challenge. Yeah. Always new uh, challenge. Texas Eric, can you post the best dealerships uh, to buy a truck at zero markups discounts? That's the great place for the forum that Tim has. Yeah, you can. People do lists on forums all the time. Yeah, you, look, look for specific. Like I know the Tacoma, there was a list going around of dealerships with no markups. Um, there's that's that's where you're gonna um, look. I, the, the no scam stuff. Uh, a forums. Yeah, yeah. forums. It, it, it's hard. Forums usually take care of those people real quick, and it's a good. I, I hate to see on Facebook. Hey, where's the best place to buy? Because it's not curated. Go to a forum. I, I know they sometimes feel old school, but it's the best place for curated information. People debate it, and you find out. Well, maybe this guy was just full of shit. He was a dealer trying to get in on a forum, and people do like, "No, you screwed me over." Like it's just a best place to get curated information. So I'm big on forums. Big big on forums. Yeah, um, and I, I'm also tired of Facebook stuff, and the, you get so many. It gets so many bad comments. People just mark off all these things they think they saw one time and then they type that you take that same comment in a form they get blown up and that's why yep. they don't do it yep so tim this week what do you got going on man i look at your website now it looks like uh if you guys don't know go over to pickup truck plus suv talk or no just pickup truck talk.com and yeah, um, the plus was going to cause looks like you did a recap of some chicago and yeah, so the Chicago show was um, – we have more coverage going on there. We're doing a, a whole – there's a new tab on vid, called video, and I figured out how to put more videos on the website. And okay. you actually – if you go to the video tab, you can click on a post, and it has a play button right at the top. And so it's kind of nice. You don't have to – I'm going to start doing that for all the videos. Yeah, right there. You can hit play, and there's a video. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. it's nice. And short you get point. two screaming at you. Or a Jill screaming at you there. So oh, that's, yeah. That's- well, the, that, that was Drew and, and his brother were behind us. Um that's a car confection, guys. So we have that going on. Um, seems like I, people are mad at me. They want me to follow up on the Cybertruck Rust story. 
people, somebody is like, he wants me to fly to California and get a professional detailer and all kinds of stuff. And I, I was like, it's not that important to me to, to do the follow up on that. It's going to get solved in the forums. But yeah, um, I will tell you right now, people always say like, get a detailer, get, talk to a mechanic. They know everything. I've talked to so many detailers and so many mechanics over the years. They all have opinions. They will mm-hmm. tell you one vehicle is better. Or one, one spray is better than another. I mean, there is no like, I'm a professional mechanic. This is how all cars are. That is, does not ah. exist. I've had roommates, mechanics, and they the, the, basically they tell me it's like, look, every vehicle is gonna have a problem. That just what they do. I mean, yeah. So, no, I, I have a bunch of stuff with the Ram that I'm going to this week. Um, I get a Mercedes Benz CLA. I think it's the first um, of the car stuff. Let me check. Um, I'm. I don't know. I. <laughs> I, uh, I. I will say this. I haven't loved Mercedes Benz SUVs. Um, I don't like what they're doing with those. And so, again, another reason why I can get the car is maybe I would understand the brand better if I drove more of their vehicles. Yeah, it's a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C4, a Kia EV9, which we've covered the hell out of it, and a Dodge Hornet, which is interesting. The Dodge Hornet, I saw a story in Dodge Hornet saying that um, even though it's better in many ways than other competitors, it's not selling. So I'll be, I'll have to dig, dig into that and see what's going on there. Your brand, man, like, like, at some point, that brand just needs to, for one, get away from Chrysler. Just kill Chrysler. If you're going to do anything, just car-wise, Dodge trucks, leave it to the Ram, and that's that's it, man. There's two. Right. There's too many mouths to feed. That's and yeah. Uh, and then I we have the Ranger it. Drive. And then we have the Toyota Drive. First of yeah. April. So, uh, lots of stuff going on. Well, I'm uh, very jealous of the One Drive, definitely. Um, but my my Ranger gets built. March, the week of March 18th. And I've heard it's actually the day of March 19th. So it's a Tuesday it gets built on. And I probably won't get to see it till middle to late April, which bums me out because I was hoping that we have a Bronco show we're going to. And I was hoping to have that truck to display in our booth as well, because uh, I know it'd bring a lot of a lot of foot traffic to our booth that we do. And um, but who knows if we get it, we don't. I'm still enjoying the Mustang. Believe it or not, bought Kelly a Mustang. Somehow it's turned into my car because I cannot V8s, man. It's just like you drove the TRX, the the Raptor R or Ranger, yeah, Raptor R. You start a V8, it just man, it just gets your blood going and, and you just want to kind of get into it. And there's unfortunately this is the last for uh, V8s, but it still makes me excited, man. So yeah. it'll be a tough day to get rid of that one, but I cannot wait for my Rangers. So guys in the comments below, if you haven't yet, whether it's on Tim's side or my side, leave us a comment. Let us know you guys are the captains of the ship. So we pay attention to these comments and uh, we try to sway the talk uh, to what you guys want to talk about. And this is definitely midsize. If there's any other channels out there that me and Tim may not know about, link them to our channels. Let us know. Uh, we're glad to try to get those guys on the channel and uh, or ladies and see if we can talk trucks with them. So Tim, been a good one buddy uh, yep. it was great to see you in chicago again great to have some drinks <laughs> i won't say how many but we had a lot of fun and uh and talk trucks again so um till next time everybody whether it be two wheel drive four wheel drive doesn't matter what you drive and tim take it out and we will see you down the road later